0: This podcast is brought to you by patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Head there to check out exclusive podcasts like Talking Futurama, Talking of the Hill, the What a Cartoon Movie podcast, and tons more.
1: I heartily endorse this event or product.
2: Ahoy, ahoy, everybody, and welcome to Talking Simpsons, the annoying podcast that used to be cute and funny. I'm your host, proud Bonerland citizen Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today, as always.
0: Hey, it's Henry Gilbert, and if you don't like it, you can go to Russia.
2: (laughs) Who do we have on the line?
0: uh, No, it's not the Booger Man.
2: It's uh, Will Meneker
3: from Chapo Trap House. Hey!
2: And this week's episode is Treehouse of Horror 2. It's
3: moving! It's alive!
1: Oh, that fellow with Radio Shack said I was mad. Well, who's mad now?
2: <laughs> this episode originally aired on October 31st, 1991, Halloween, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps>
0: Oh, boy, Bobby, The People Under the Stairs by Wes Craven tops the box office. The Perfect Storm attacks the Northeast seaboard, and that causes a Halloween blizzard in Minnesota and Wisconsin. And Ted Turner buys the Hanna-Barbera Company and mm. all of its films. So
2: Well, yes. we have uh, Mr. Movie Mindset himself on the podcast, Will Miniker. Uh Will, have you seen The People Under the Stairs? Not in a long time, but I think,
3: yes, I have, I have seen People Under the Stairs. It's a good creepy idea yes. that someone
0: well, yeah, lives like- under your stairs. <laughs> And fucking with you
2: well well you see the people under the stairs are actually good people you right. see It's a class allegory because the uh, rich people yes. steal poor people and keep them under the stairs
0: <laughs> That's right just like the uh, man does to us yeah.
2: <laughs> that that parasite guy um, He should play
3: some royalties to uh, Wes Craven yeah. Oh, Junho, you're you're being put on notice. Talking Simpsons, Treehouse of Horror.
0: <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that perfect storm, uh, you know, I didn't live in the areas affected by it, but I then saw that movie. I saw the movie several years later, the the George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, Perfect Storm film, which I didn't know was based on a real thing until my mom was taking me and my brother to it, and she's like, well, yeah, it's based on a real thing. They all die. And I was like, you spoiled it. You <laughs> spoiled it, Mom. I didn't know. <laughs> And now I've spoiled it for all you listeners. The,
3: to so unlike the unlike the rest of us suckers who saw that movie and were like, "Well, I mean, Mark Wahlberg's definitely getting home to his family, right?" I
2: mean, for for sure, for sure. I just I haven't seen the movie. There's no way. I haven't seen it, but I know one of the descriptors on the rating is uh, intense weather depictions or something like that. Oh, that really? That's one of the reasons why it's rated oh, PG-13. That, it delivers. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, it it delivers. It is
0: incredibly intense depictions of weather. Will, do you recall uh, you you were living in the the northeast? seaboard area. Do you recall any bad storms on, on this 1991 Halloween? Don't have any recollection of
3: just, you know, anything before 2013.
0: <laughs> so uh, I'll do my best here. I,
3: mean, I, do, I do I do. remember some big blizzards in New York around that era, but not uh, not on Halloween uh, 1991.
0: And uh, yeah, Ted Turner by the Hanna-Barbera Company, that would lead to the creation of the Cartoon Network, because he owned all these cartoons, so that's where they're going to go live on, on a whole cable channel.
2: That Boy, did. The expiration date on these cartoons was Uh, past due, I think. Uh, Kids would not watch any of these things past maybe like 1996. So they had to start making actual original programming like Dexter's Lab and Powerpuff Girls and all those things. So I don't know where these live outside of Boomerang now.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it.
2: Yeah.
3: Kudos to the uh, Hanna-Barbera company for um, really um, breaking new ground and depicting um, people running in cartoons. You know, you have to have sort of a wind-up where you run in place for a little bit and your legs go and then your body catches up to it. That was a Hanna-Barbera signature.
2: Hopefully uh, not adulterated by uh, Mr. Ted Turner.
0: It has to sound like bongos too. It has to be that. Yeah. yeah
2: he, we we've gone through like yeah. a, a very fun cycle with these characters where '90s is the last time you could appreciate them sincerely, and then 2000s we had like the Gen X Adult Swim version of all of them, where they're all like alcoholics and they all are impotent and have drug problems and are divorced. <laughs> and now we're back to respecting them again because there's the uh, Jellystone show on HBO Max, where it's like, no, you love these characters. It's Oggy Doggy and Doggy mm-hmm. Daddy. They're mm-hmm. back and they have antics now, and mm-hmm. some of them are gay. Too.
0: And and gender swap. Oh, okay, um, Jabberjaw's a girl now, so. This is... <laughs> well, they
2: got my letters. Uh, Dro- Droopy Dog
3: has long been, you know, uh, highlighting uh, depression <laughs> and uh, mental health. It's true. He, He's he, a real advocate.
2: Yeah,
0: but,
2: but yes, joining us today is Will Meneker of the Chapo Trap House Podcast. Welcome to the show, Will.
0: Glad to be here. Uh, yeah, Will, we've we've had on on your Chapo pals. Uh, we've, we've had on Matt. We've had on Chris Wade.
2: We've had on people from the Chapo Extended Universe, yes, even. yeah.
0: And, and I mean, you uh, are always quick with a good Simpsons record reference on the show. We we know you're a, a Simpsons uh enjoyer as well. I mean, was that was that a big part of your childhood?
3: Oh my god, it's like the it's like the only part of my childhood. It was like, you know, we watched the, I mean I watched the Simpsons like every day after school on Fox. It would be like I think like uh seven to eight. They'd do two episodes back to back. I'd watch that. I watched like every Sunday with my dad, uh the new episodes. The Simpsons were like a just foundational part of my childhood and my life. And you know it's a, a joy to be here on the uh you know the premiere um Simpsons podcast. Uh you know know uh, paying tribute to and documenting what i regard you know without a moment's hesitation or qualification as the finest example of american popular culture ever produced absolutely wow
0: man that is high praise i I agree we i mean we wouldn't do the show if we didn't agree with that it's
2: nice when the guest is around our age and has the exact same history as Mm -hmm. us with the simpsons so there's not a lot to go over just like yes we all did the same thing in in the 1990s
0: Mm -hmm. we all did the bart man (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like the, the the Simpsons of that era Like the classic era of the Simpsons Just really forms just like The, like the, the, the fundamental architecture of, of my brain and memories Really is just like it, it, it's, it's, it's like the blueprints are all the Simpsons And I mean, did it, you know, inform you politically any growing up? I, I, I think so I mean, not in any kind of like profound moment of realization Because I don't really view it as like all that political of a show I mean, it's a loving satire of American culture but i do think it's just like as a kid like when you when you when you first like you when you get the the sort of like the the entry level quality of the jokes and before you really like imbibe any of like the deep cuts and references and just like truly how how smart and wonderful the writing is i think kids just appreciate it because it's like yeah it's the bart simpson thing like eat my shorts but like more just homer like it's it just it's just it's a depiction of like that like every authority figure in your life is totally full of shit and has no idea what they're doing and i think kids just instinctively understand that to be the truth of the world and i think it's important to learn that um, as early as possible to avoid you know severe the breakdowns or cognitive dissonance later in life as as you get disappointed with the fact that like like everyone you think is in charge and knows what they're doing is absolutely as clueless as you are.
0: And uh, you know, Bob mentioned it before. You are uh, a mastermind of movie mindset, and uh, I mean, did did Simpsons? I know for for Bob and me, we watched a lot of classic movies in our youth first to understand a reference on Simpsons. Did did that lead you uh, into the world of movies more?
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like I, I, it was like I mean, one follows the other. It's sort of a, a chicken and the egg thing, but like it was just sort of like as I you know began to watch like uh, more more serious adult movies or just read like you know adult books and like, literature like yeah like it opens up a whole new world of like of, of them like the contextual layers of the simpsons like you know i mean just like the, the realization of just how many stanley kubrick references are, are in there in the classic era of the simpsons is uh, yeah it's just one of those rewarding things that like hmm. you know like it's what it's what makes the simpsons so immortal is just how infinitely re- re-watchable like the classic era really is like it just there's always something funny and there may even be something that you didn't even realize in an episode that you've seen probably 30 times before
0: Uh, I mean do you feel a particular love for the for the Halloween classics like uh, like this one,
3: yeah, absolutely.
0: I'm mean, I'm really glad I got
3: to do a, a Trials of horror with you guys because I think like trial the trials of horror episodes are like per- perennially among the the best episodes or, or my favorite in in the Simpsons. And I just really love I love anything like kind of like the the horror movie anthology format, you know, like Creep Show or Tales from the Crypt or like the v- new VHS series. I just think I just think it's just like the the horror genre lends itself so well to these little like little like self-contained shorts and spooky stories and and like The Simpsons has really always uh, just really excelled in the trios of Horror
2: episodes. It's, it's funny to think that until they started promoting this episode in like mid-October it was not a known fact that this would be a regular feature yeah. of The Simpsons that you would get a Halloween special every year as far as we knew they were just having fun in season two and they wouldn't do that ever again
0: mm-hmm. and, the, and the choice to make it but, a, a yearly thing was a big I mean that is a huge moment for the series too right. yeah
3: and like yeah like in the, the sort of the intro to this episode where Marge comes out and she warns people not to watch it. It's sort of establishing that like, yeah, like this, is this is now like, this is the new standard. Mm-hmm. Like every Halloween, we're going to give you, we're going to give you a special episode where like, you know, we're throwing the rules out the window. We're going to get a little bit nutty with it or the writers are going to have a little bit of fun playing around.
0: You know, I don't remember what I dressed as for Halloween in 1991, but I do remember just, you know, cutting the, it short. I, I lived in Florida. So, you know, it was uh, about to air and I it was just like, we have to get home. I don't care about any more of this. I I don't even I don't even trust that dad is going to tape this correctly. Mom, we just have to get home now and see it live. You know. Yeah, that was
2: my experience. Uh, I, yeah, I, a lot of my memories growing up are of watching TV. Like any well-adjusted person, this episode in particular, because I remember it was Halloween night, of course, and we were trick or treating with uh, a friend of my mom's from work and her kids. And after trick or treating, they came over to watch The Simpsons with us. But the mom was a like a Mod Flanders type, and The uh, Simpsons was a no go in her household, and it was a real like I don't know about this kind of uh, you know attitude from her. And I remember enjoying this, but hearing her just constantly scoffing in the background while you know all the kids were just howling with laughter. One parent, one disgusted parent, was just thinking, "Oh my god, my kids have been activated. They're going to want to uh, want they're going to want to see this now at home, and I I can't do anything about it."
3: No, and like and, and you know like the the intro with Marge plays off that so well. I mean, I, I think that was like it's it's so funny to think back like how controversial the Simpsons were, and it was mostly because. Bart was the breakout figure and like I think there was this like this real fear that like it's undermining the authority of parents to have this lovable rapscallion say eat my shorts or don't have a cow or something and you know I mean that's like such a huge part of my childhood and it was also like uh it's so so important to me because like of how much my dad also loved the Simpsons and it was such a kind of like it built so much like trust and love between us that like here was this you know show for kids that like my dad who you know I I looked up to as like a very literate like you know authoritative figure you know embraced as and, and it was as funny as I did and like probably even liked it more than I did at least initially
0: yeah yeah I think that you know my mom too when I think of even this, just this episode I think of seeing it with my mom and her saying like well this is a reference to that or her explaining references to me mm-hmm. like or what a mammogram is as well <laughs> I was like what's that yeah <laughs>
2: when I heard that mom scoffing and I know her name I won't dox her when I heard that mom scoffing I thought I'm so glad my mom is at least this cool to enjoy the Simpsons with me
3: yeah no it's one of the one of the proudest moments of my youth is like is later iterations of like you know cartoons that became very controversial is like when beavis and butthead came out and that was like a whole nother level of you know parental hysteria and like this is like a new level of like the degradation of america's youth i remember i was with like uh, i was at like a like a thanksgiving and my my uncle was just complaining about beavis and butthead and talking about what a a disgrace it is and how they'll never let their kids watch it and my dad just out of nowhere totally surprised him by saying oh like i i think it's a brilliant work of art and i and i adore it and i remember being so proud of my dad it was he was like my uncle was Dumbfounded, was speechless. Wow, that's beautiful. It's something, something that you know, grotesque and you know, uh, apocalyptic by the standards of like the mid '90s.
0: You know, my mom couldn't follow me to *Beavis and ButtHead*. Uh, She was like, "I can't." She, she appreciated *Simpsons*, but she was like, "No, *Beavis and ButtHead* too a step too far." See, my
2: mom enjoyed my ButtHead impressions as a teen. Uh, So, well,
0: Well, you know, I think my mom did come around to it because by '96, she happily took us to the *Beavis (laughs) and ButtHead* movie. She did take us. That, so. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, this episode is a true uh like stone cold classic like it's gorgeous too like one of the best animated ones too. jim reardon directed it and he is a master of the series especially of uh treehouse ones and then there's some great bits that are specifically animated by guys like brad bird or david silverman to look like even better and
2: it's directed by the writer of wally that's right jim yes. reardon yeah
0: yeah the oscar nominated writer of wally jim reardon yeah uh, and also you know if you got your dvds handy pull them out because there are the original storyboards with Matt Groening's red line edits over them. And you can see, you know, there's some cut jokes in there. I'm not going to bore the listeners with every single cut joke, but there's a few biggies that I think Bob and I can mention. But yeah,
2: the, the different endings are the most interesting part of yes, seeing those storyboards.
0: Yeah. And and for instance, not on the storyboards is the intro of Marge warning everyone again. I think that was a late edition where like, ah, let's, let's just reuse the animation from the year before and just have a new thing. <coughs>
3: Hello, everyone. Before last year's Halloween show, I warned you not to let your children watch. But you did anyway. Hmm. Well, this year's episode is even worse. It's scarier, more violent, and I think they snuck in some bad language, too. So please, tuck in your children and... Uh, Well, if you didn't listen to me
1: last time, you're not going to now. Enjoy the show.
0: And I mean, my mom definitely laughed at Marge saying like, you didn't listen to me last year. You're not going to now. <laughs> like my mom laughed of knowing, like, yes, I'm a, I'm allowing this again. I am going to let my kids see this another time. I, I accept my my blame in this. The, uh, the episode begins then with a bunch of funny tombstones. We pass over Jim Morrison's grave, which like so much text on it, not made for standard definition screens. <laughs> no.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I was like, you know, I, I always try to clock the uh, the graveyard gags and like the opening credits to the Treehouse of Horrors one. There, there's one or two here that I thought I, I felt was like, you know, the rare moment of like a joke on The Simpsons that seems dated or like I didn't get the reference. And this one was Cajun cooking. And was this just like a, a, a fad in the early 90s for, for Cajun? cuisine that had gone out of style by then
2: you see well at first i was worried that we would bore you by explaining every reference but now i know we won't (laughs) now i was looking into this and there were there were two big cajun chefs in the 80s Uh, that popularized the cooking style paul prudhomme Prudhomme was one of them but also uh justin wilson he's the i guarantee guy uh (laughs) and it, it reached a peak by the late 80s like i think uh it started really taking off in the early 80s uh but yeah i think they decided on the writing staff people were kind of sick of Cajun cooking by 1991, oh, okay. so that <laughs> yeah. explains yeah, that just, is uh, a dated reference. You're right,
3: <laughs> a, taking a little bit of the piss out of uh, you know, the Cajun people and their uh, their wonderful gumbo's and jambalayas.
0: You were just in New Orleans, and, and you know it's uh, Cajun cooking's alive yeah. and well.
3: I mean, you know, like I said, like I I mean, I think it's great. I mean, New Orleans is the best food in America. Uh, certainly lived up to that reputation at least on on, on my trip. But you know, uh, you know, I just, it's funny to think the Cajun cooking was like a big enough fad to like just sort of like uh, make fun of on the simpsons
2: i feel like there had to be a hundred jokes on sitcoms in the 80s where the wife brings out like just a charred blackened piece of meat that's smoking (laughs) and the husband says what the hell is this the wife says it's cajun Mm. and the the audience erupts i'm sure there Uh, were a million jokes like that
0: my childhood connection to cajun cooking was just that the leatherhead on teenage mutant ninja turtles was just an impression of the i guarantee that's right that was that was his entire character I
2: think Darkwing Duck had one of those guys on That's, it, too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, another landmark thing in this episode it's the first year with creepy credits so yes. last year we just had a creepy font mm-hmm. this year we get creepy credits and a creepy font next year the font it gets even better folks so yeah. hold on to your <laughs> pants
0: it's funny we're covering this alongside 2001 season and uh, after 9-11 they put a pause on the creepy credits for several years and so this yeah are it, you serious they, they did yeah. they, they did out they of did respect
3: ghoulish names after 9-11 Oh, God. At the very
0: least, I think oh, for 01 fine. and 02 Halloween, they didn't do creepy names out of out of honor. Of...
3: Okay, 2001 Halloween, I can understand. It was like a month ago. So I, they don't want to do like, you know, James Hellbrooks or Screaming Sam Simon. The country was still very traumatized. But a year after? Come on. It's time to laugh again, people. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani went on Saturday Night Live like the week after and said you could laugh again. So, you know, if it's good enough for America's mayor, it should be good enough for the final uh, <laughs> corporation
0: you know their their production took so long they couldn't get they didn't get the news in time from rudy giuliani i don't uh and and also first time this registered is the joke for me that the the walt disney tombstone is frozen over because he's he's Uh, frozen in cryogenics that's the that's the joke Uh, that
2: joke soon to be removed from the disney plus version yes yeah mark my words
0: (laughs) uh and uh yeah it was apparently the al pitch of the creepy names because he is a big comic book nerd he grew up with the ec comics like tales from the crypt and that had artists like creepy jack came in, and so they wanted fun fun names like that too and, and yeah the peanuts characters run by jim reardon he did a whole uh, uh bring me the head of charlie brown that was the name of his student film about a violent uh 80s action film starring the charlie brown kids it's
2: basically like, just him as taxi driver i think
0: yeah yeah and it's it was like new grounds before new grounds you like two uh, 20 years before new grounds and also yeah i love all the quick cuts into the house of homer watching tv that's really great and uh this is when homer gets the news again it flew over my head as a kid a joke about the the presidential primaries of 1992 coming up and you know at the time i i was looking this up i, I i'm sure well you know this but yes at the time in 91 in april 91 when they were writing this mart april 16th is the date on the on the storyboards h W. Bush was viewed as unbeatable like Hmm. an 89% favorability rating guys like uh, Mario Cuomo Al Gore Joseph Robinette Biden all of them were like I don't even know if it's worth running and so you know by then uh one plucky
3: governor from Arkansas would uh, rise to the occasion
0: by by the time this aired probably people were just thinking well it's either Jerry Brown or (laughs) Jerry Brown's gonna try to win and he's not gonna win like that's that's all it is They, they never even heard of some hillbilly Arkansas governor back in uh, halloween 91 but yes the, the this also is when i learned as a kid that older kids can uh egg houses and just did uh, not even bother dressing up i did not did not know such a scary thing about older kids
2: you knew about the treats but not the tricks
0: yes yeah <laughs> so homer is threatening to giving up his eggs and great sound effect is the eggs smash the door as he turns around yeah. too that's i mean great
2: folio all around but I, I did enjoy that
0: but the kids come home and again talk about first time i noticed something too because this is much clearer in the storyboards bart's costume is an executioner and his candy holder is a severed head like it's part of his costume <laughs> it flies by so quick you really can't register it in in the in the show but it seems dangerous to have a baby walk around in a full head mask uh, of a witch that just Seems you know a risk.
3: I'd be, a I'd be, a, it would be like an, an escalation of uh, Bart's Halloween costumes to go from an executioner in *Trios of Horror* two to, I believe, Alex from *Clockwork Orange* in *Trios of Horror* three. That's, that's right, correct, yes, Season yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah,
0: yeah. That's right. You know, that was pushing, pushing the envelope there with the character. Yeah, Bart. Yeah, Bart. You know, the, an
3: executioner. He he murders people on behalf of the state. And you know, Alex and his droogs You know, uh, murder and assault people just for fun. So you know, Bart's getting. More, he's getting more twisted as the years go on.
0: True. He's, he's becoming more of an anarchist. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, meanwhile, Lisa, very respectful costume of a, of a totem pole of the Native Americans of the Pacific Northwest, specifically. She makes sure you know it's not not just an overall blanket uh, tribute to them. But this is when it's time they look at their haul in our first clip.
1: Get a good haul this year? <laughs> Jackpot! I'm very, very proud of you kids.
3: would have gotten even more if Lisa could walk faster. I didn't select this costume
1: for mobility. I wore it to salute the noble Native Americans of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> now, children, you can have one piece of candy
3: tonight and save the rest for. If you eat too much, you'll have nightmares. Oh, yeah. Everybody in the family's going to have a bad nightmare tonight, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Three bad nightmares.
0: I'd like to see that. <laughs> they do this even better in the softball episode but i really love when the characters taunt fate of a story yes. It's just so hard where they're just like but three bad nightmares i'd like to see that ha, <laughs> ha, ha. also when they're all eating the candy together in the original storyboards homer has his head buried in the candy like a pig just eating it mouth first and <laughs> that's where graining wrote too much like all caps too much <laughs> you, you, there's a line that you can cross of making uh, over too much of a food monster i mean it
2: man. was it was 30 years ago now uh, this episode but it does bring me back to where Halloween ho- used to be and that's like trick-or-treating is happening at night no one is inspecting candy uh, I guess there's a rule about eating one piece which was never a rule in my family yeah. just like you're home now <laughs> I'm not looking at what you're doing
0: <laughs> you know Marge is just trying she's trying to instill some some boundaries and the kids are just like well no we're just eating it all right now like I am gonna get a stomachache and go to bed <laughs> fucked up on candy
3: that's uh, you know it's it's, it's, the jo- it's the joy of Halloween and you know like the, the one candy before bed. I think that was like on the night of Halloween, you know, if if your parents are enforcing that, you know, God... Jeez, you might as well not celebrate Halloween but like you know for the, the the nights after Halloween I think it was like a sort of a, a a gentleman's code to have you could have one piece of candy after dinner
0: for for me Halloween candy was to uh, be meticulously portioned out of just that I would I would count it all in a hierarchy of like all right this is the best second best third and like do I want to go from the top or the bottom and, and slowly eliminate them I mean on top of that you have I had a brother and so it's also about competition of who had the most <laughs> or like who still has it and we would certainly not p- pool ours into a pile and share it like that as oh, they God do this no. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: that's communism (laughs) Uh, you got to reward individual entrepreneurship of uh you know trick-or-treating you could do some you could do some horse trading you know i'll give you i'll give you like you know six of those rolls of like the tart the tart hard candies from maybe one
0: like miniature uh milky way or something like that or you know my brother likes certain flavors of starburst more than me we can trade on that level you know (laughs) also this taught me as a kid that like oh your parents they are giving out the candy but they just eat it too like that's that's their Candy to to eat as the, as they're minding the house so yes after that there's a deleted scene of lisa brushing her teeth very meticulously before bed because she's a good kid they cut that there's like ah, let's just get straight to it and though there's also a really good shot i wish they kept in where like they keep this where bart and homer have like a thought that will then influence their dream that'll happen like right before they go to sleep in the deleted scene lisa's like looking out a window and sees a tree branch that kind of like as it fades out looks like the monkey paw
2: okay yeah i
0: kind of wish they kept that just to show like wow why does Lisa dream about the monkey paw with with little uh I mean, maybe she just read read the famous book or one of the, the short story or one of the million in things influenced by it. I always forget
2: it. this is a Lisa uh nightmare because the Bart nightmare is Bart's story. The Homer nightmare is well, Mr. Burns' story, but it's really a Homer story. But this is not the Lisa show in no, act one.
0: Not so much. Though I guess it's her dream that she believes world peace is unattainable, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's her Yeah,
3: yeah, no. That that's why it's Lisa's nightmare, because like you know, like It's it's the the whole story is about how like the ironic fear beneath her uh, her her sanctimonious do-gooderism.
0: You know what? You need you need an A-bomber too. After all, it turns out she hates she hates (laughs) that.
2: The Simpsons will be right back.
1: Halloween. Get a good haul this year. (laughs) Something strange is happening to the
3: Simpsons. Every day, same old cat. I'll make it more interesting.
1: Is Bart turning into a monster with sinister powers? Catch it from your side of the family. No monsters on my side. Are aliens invading Springfield? We can resolve our differences peacefully. Ow. And what's happening to Homer? (laughs) Is it trick or treat? (laughs) The Simpsons Thursday at eight on Fox Five.
0: Welcome to the break, everybody. It's Henry Gilbert, and I use my monkey Paul wish to have our guest this week, Will minneker It was such a big, big honor to get the co host of Chapo Trap House on this week's podcast for the very first time. We love Will minneker all of his work. What a great, nice guy he was to us, too. If you don't know Chapo Trap House, come on, check it out. And he's so funny on Twitter, too, at Will minneker But I have a feeling you know about that. Thank you so much again, Mr. Minnicker. Also, A big thank you to our many awesome supporters at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons talking Simpsons just passed its five whole years on Patreon and me and Bob have only been able to do this as our full-time jobs for that half of a decade because of the support of subscribers on there for five bucks a month. They not only get to help us live our dreams, but they also get access to a monthly episode of talking Futurama and talking of the hill that you won't hear anywhere else where you can hear me and Bob talk about another episode of Futurama and Hill. of the hill and you get a whole back catalog of over a 100 exclusive podcasts to there of us talking about futurama king of the hill as well as mission hill the critic and our 10 favorite episodes of batman the animated series plus a ton of other exclusives when you go digging into those five years of patreon content check it all out again at patreon.com slash talking simpson But if you want something even nicer than a Milli Vanilli Chicken McNugget, you should sign up at the premium level for 10 bucks a month at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. You get all those $5 things I just mentioned. But then you get a monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast. In addition to that, me and Bob going super duper in-depth, and when I say in-depth, I mean over five hours most of the time, sometimes even over six hours into animated feature films like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Toy Story 3, The Little Mermaid, South Park Bigger Longer and cut and that's just four that we've done in 2022. We have over three years of back catalog of us covering things as diverse as Akira a Goofy movie, Beavis and Butthead Do America, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Kiki's Delivery Service Millennium Actress and tons and tons more. You gotta check out that entire back catalog for yourself just to see all the cool stuff you're missing out on in addition to all the $5 stuff I just mentioned. Please check it all out for yourself once more at patreon.com slash talking simple yeah.
2: This is based on the uh, 1902 uh, short story horror classic uh, called The Monkey's Paw, obviously, by W.W. Jacobs. It's all online. You can read this on the toilet. It's so short. Mm. Not that I did that, but it's a very short story. <laughs> and apparently, uh, Sam Simon wanted a, a very rude joke in this in this segment in that he wanted the final finger of the monkey paw to be the middle finger, the one, the last one to be unfurled. But <laughs> they, they didn't want to do it because it would take a lot of money to get a retake if they changed the joke. And Fox wouldn't even let them uh, blur it out. So uh, there were limits to what they could do in 1991, but that was a (laughs) Uh, Sam Simon idea that didn't make the the final cuts.
0: Too bad. When I I hadn't read it in a while, I read it before this. I've read the longer tweet threads, honestly, but it's, it's a good, I mean, it's a good little story and uh, yeah, it's just a a million. It probably wasn't the first short story that was about ironic punishment or like uh, a wish goes wrong or whatever, but the second chapter is just Pet cemetery, actually. It's not even about the monkey's paw. It's kind of meaningless to it. This also sends them to Morocco, which uh, Hank is area. The master of accents, all over, all over the place with his great, <laughs> great, and accurate Moroccan accents. There's
3: another uh, like a Homer joke, you know? Um, uh, Morocco, Monaco, another are like a sort of dated reference. Where, like if you're a kid watching this, like just sort of like just whoosh right over your head, and Homer goes like, uh, "How could Princess Grace live in a place like this?" And then Lisa says, "Dad, that's Monaco," and he goes, No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that can." says grace uh, monaco coming in it's West homers confused uh, morocco for monaco
0: Com- completely flew over my head as a kid yes yeah i uh, speaking of, and also of things that don't make sense on an sd television lisa's Oof. shirt only uh, and they still and he misspelled it too but yeah I, yeah I
2: think this is the first time i actually bothered looking this up because uh, lisa's shirt you only see it once in a the close-up there's a reason that takes a long time to spell out for an animator uh, yes. to uh, who's working with like all these frames per second but yeah uh, lisa's shirt i kissed the the Balmujalud, which I guess they mean the Babujalud, which is a real thing. It's the it's like a city gate in Fez, Morocco, but obviously it's a Blarney Stone reference. Yes. Uh, yeah. But you only see that shirt once, <laughs> and I guess their their dictionary or encyclopedia was faulty or something, but yeah, that is what Lisa's shirt means. She I, kissed the city gate.
0: You know, I could see in, an, in a 1980s, like, pre-internet guidebook, there, uh, a localization of that then could have yeah. been spelled that way. Like, they didn't have the internet like us to just, like, Google, like, what's a Bamujalud, and then it... Took says like did you mean babu jalood i'm probably butchering it myself i think here. you got it right i think okay, you got it right all right <laughs> but, i mean like they, i'm shocked they didn't have a morocco mole reference in here mm. With all the with all the, boomer all the boomers references in this it's yeah like yes I, i'm shocked there's not that uh i also as a kid i love that saying i can do that but i don't wanna like that is the perfect like little boy thing to say. <laughs> but yes, Homer goes shopping and finds a real deal. Yeah, what is this thing? It is a monkey's
1: paw dating back to Alal Ben Abdalai. It has the power to grant wishes to its owner. yeah? How much? Sir, I must strongly advise you do not purchase this. Behind every wish lurks grave misfortune. I myself was once president of Algeria.
0: Come on, pal. <laughs> I don't want
1: to hear your life story. Paw <laughs> me! Homer, where did you get that ugly thing? Well, it's that little shop right over there. <gasps> On your way, it was over there. You'll be sorry. <laughs>
2: You know, and I, I was just thinking in the next year's episode, Hank Azaria plays another shopkeeper yeah. selling cursed items. I mean,
0: that's true. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like, and like, and, and 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 the gag here, where like he's like, "Hey, it was right over there," and then like the can like you know it pans over and you see like a, a little dust devil like spinning away. You're like, "Ooh, haunting!" And he's like, "Oh wait, no, it's over there." And it's like it's still the same guy, same place. And he's like, "Hey, it's still me." And then Hank Azaria doing the voice, like, "Yeah, you're you're totally right, Bob. This is like this is a rehearsal of like the perfection of that joke in." Next year's Treehouse of Horror, where where he buys the 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 cursed Krusty doll and the whole back and forth about that's bad, that's good, that's bad. Like which is I think like when he says the like the sprinkles contain potassium benzoate and then Homer just blanks him and he goes that's bad. Probably, I think that may be my favorite gag ever on The Simpsons. <laughs> and, like The Simpsons, like the writers are like they were the master of just like the of like taking a joke and then like like pushing it past the limit of what you expect and then giving you like a really stupid payoff that like is unexpected and just so satisfying.
0: And just the characters say like, "Can I go now?" Like, yeah. just a uh, character tired of the, yeah. the comedy yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
2: also like the very subtle uh, comedic premise of a uh, shopkeeper selling an item, but that says, "You must not buy this, sir." <laughs> yes, it's, yes, it's sitting. <laughs> his thing for sale. Yeah, it's
0: right there. Uh and also just that it's like I was once president of Algeria and over's like I don't I don't want your life story which I would assume that's a reference to the civil wars in Algeria. They had they went through a few presidents uh right before 1991, so I would guess that's the joke. Only in uh, in HD can you tell, like, oh, this guy's eyes are two different colors, and it's supposed to be a glass eye. As oh, well. okay, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I also just love the very wacky, like, just his little hand motion, like, you will be sorry." Like, that's so wacky and silly. No, no lip sync. And uh, then we head to the Marrakesh airport, which a really great, just like design on it. And and I always love it's a recurring joke I love it every time that there are many direct flights from like any place to directly yeah. to Springfield like just Marrakesh to Springfield direct flight
2: and this uh, Mina Express parody which I didn't get as a kid uh, and, yeah, I, and yeah. I only get now now yeah
3: <laughs> yeah you didn't get that reference to um uh being sodomized in turkish prison when you were a kid
0: nope yeah. no but like tiny tunes
2: <laughs> had jokes about turkish prisons yes yeah, yeah and things like
0: shocking. that <laughs> you know i think as more comedy went towards uh you know american prison and sexual assault in it i think that's when turkish prison jokes kind of went away like ah we can just joke about american prisons you don't need to do a yeah. turkish prison for for gay sex jokes in in prisons. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean that uh, that scene. I re- I hadn't seen the movie in forever. I just pulled up the scene from it, and it. I mean, it is a really great. Just like. Harrowing tent scene when the guy gets caught at the airport. Just his his fear is he's walking onto the plane. I have you know with tons of heroin and just he's like, all right, yep, I'm making it on the plane. Just like he gets just stopped. He's like, I'm ruined. Like my life is over. Just the look on his face. And,
2: and you know the show lost a lot when it lost Alf Clausen like five or six years ago. But boy, well, <laughs> I mean, this is an example. Like his Midnight Express parody music his sound like music it's so good yes it's he has really, to work in so many styles but it, it just sound, it sounded so good i listened to the scene like three or four times it's
0: really really good so yes uh the we head back the the family is starting to make wanting to make their, their choices bart wants x-ray specs like he's seen out of the back of a comic book lisa wants world peace i love that marge says homer there's something i don't like about that severed hand <laughs> uh but it's maggie who gets to make the first wish, which they think is for a luxury car but it's just for a pacifier just for a brand new pacifier maggie's wish has no downside actually like she she gets to make a pure wish with no with no ironic take backs or anything
2: we don't know what the pacifier tastes like
0: mm, that's true she seems fine with it uh but yeah so then the next wish of course is for the simpsons to be rich and famous and i gotta say like this is the funniest bit of this act i think to me because it's just yeah no it definitely is it's about the actual curse of fame it's not in the original story they wish for 200 pounds and they get it because uh the their child dies and it's given to them as like a write-off of like well your son died in the machinery uh and the company is going to give you 200 dollars uh, for your for your grief or whatever 200 pounds for your reef In this case It's like no The the punishment is Everybody backbites you All the time And hates you Behind your back And they're just sick of you Like you get to be rich and famous But everybody's uh, Tired of your Antics They they
2: were saying on the commentary That uh, they were feeling The backlash against the Simpsons Uh, They were seeing articles That are saying You know The Simpsons out Red and Stimpy in Things like that
3: that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah Like it leads to Like I, I think my favorite My favorite gag Of this episode Is the Get a mammogram man the bart simpson like uh the, the billboard reminding <laughs> reminding women to get a mammogram uh and then like uh there's another one the yeah, the simpsons calypso album yes yeah the simpsons uh, go what, what was it called what was it you remember what was it called in the episode
2: oh uh, the the simpsons go calypso simpsons go calypso yeah.
3: okay like i i could be wrong but like i think that may that may be a reference to the calypso album that actor robert mitchum cut Robert Mitchum did an album of Calypso songs called Calypso Makes Me Feel So. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that i i bet you that has to be yeah, yeah. I, that it's, seems like <laughs> such the corniest thing for a celebrity to do of all possible albums like the, the simpsons i mean they're they're already dumping on themselves for they cashed in the the christmas before with simpsons sings the blues yeah and so they're like well the sequel album will be the simpsons go calypso like <laughs> I had, to know that i didn't know robert mitchum did a calypso album that's great i wonder if man smart woman smarter is on that <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah. I like that I like the, the the subtle Admission like yeah That that, that record we did Suck didn't yes, it it
0: sucked we... <laughs> We're we sorry <laughs> You were right To see and it as a like, cash you know,
3: in And also like uh, like Commenting on like Both the, the the bootleg And then officially Licensed Just like the extreme Explosion of like Bart Simpson t-shirts And merchandise That like Saturated the country And like in the, earl- the Very early days Of the Simpsons Before like the Simpsons Was really The Simpsons in my opinion It was like When it was a Bart show And then when it became A Homer show Is when it truly became Great but like Bart was like the you know he was like he the merchandise to death immediately like right out of the gate
2: our pal of the show, uh, Bart of Darkness, he's a Simpsons merchandise collector and he, and he posts like pictures of all of the old merch constantly. He's always finding new stuff. One common thing the show really nails about that old merch, a lot of the Bart stuff, I would say 90% of it is, is him saying blank, comma, man. <laughs> yes, so yeah. the ultimate Bart merchandise is a shirt that says, hi, man.
0: Hi, man. Yes. Yeah. yeah I... And you know what? <laughs>
2: so during the Biden-Trump debates, this is relevant, by the way. Uh, like Biden started getting like catchphrases based off those debates I think like will you shut up man was one of them and come on man so when I went when I went to the Biden website and I posted on Twitter like 30 bucks for this what a ripoff!" and it was Biden saying something comma man
0: oh yeah that's great I remember that. And by the way, that uh, is uh,
2: director Rich Moore throwing away the eighteen dollars T-shirt. Yes, yeah. He will be recolored to be a black man for the Nerds episode for
0: Homer goes to college. Yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah, no. Actually, uh, you speak of Bart of Darkness. I believe it was him who commissioned like a a real life version of that high man shirt, and and briefly was had it on sale. I I still have mine. I and, do, and I wear it uh, proudly. I think I think actually that's the shirt. I am no no I'm sorry. I'm in some of our official art i'm drawn wearing that shirt as well but just bart especially bart with his like the teeth exposed at the top as he's saying it like looking extra stupid like that's that's so good
2: and back to the mammogram thing uh that is based on a real fox billboard uh so on the fox lot there was a bart billboard where the message would change every day and the message would be something man and uh, the writers would uh, write, you know, lines for Bart to say, like, clever lines. They would put them up every day. But it soon it turned into, like, happy birthday to Fox executive, like, Sherry Gunther, man, or whatever. So uh, one day, writer John Vitti came up with increased productivity, man. And uh, James L. Brooks got to the Fox lot and thought it was real and was very angry about it. So uh, that's a great little story. There was no Bart billboard when we were there.
0: No, it sadly didn't, didn't stay up. I love, too, you. you see, if you look on those original stories. Boards. matt graining even writes under the note his note is like make it more like the real one like make it sure it looks like the exact one i also yeah this uh the gilded truffle it's the first time they go there it is their constant as if the simpsons go to a fancy restaurant it's the gilded truffle and also yeah i just love the line at first they were cute and funny but now they're just annoying <laughs> like just such a <laughs> such a funny okay no more fooling around pa this is bart i wish for the simpsons to be rich and famous
1: now you're talking
3: Yay! Woohoo! Look, everybody! My purse exploded! Come on,
1: everybody! We're going to the fanciest restaurant in town! I'm terribly sorry. I have absolutely nothing until June. <gasps> the Simpsons! Right this way, please. Homer, maybe fame and fortune
3: aren't as bad as they say. If I hear one more thing about The Simpsons, I swear I'm going to scream. <laughs> At
2: first they were cute and funny, but now they're just annoying.
3: 18 bucks for this?
1: What a ripoff.
2: Man smart. The woman is
1: smarter. Man smart. The woman is smarter. Man, this thing's really getting out of
0: hand. And yes, the the song Man Smart, Woman Smarter, it's a, uh, a classic song for a first debut in 1937, uh, Calypso classic by by king radio Uh, it's been covered by a million people ricky ricardo harry belafonte joan baez the carpenters for the in the 80s the grateful dead would do a jam version of it at, at many of their concerts but what i was shocked with when i finally watched a bunch of those covers this simpsons episode is a lie the 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 title is man smart parenthetical woman smarter but the song is that's right the woman is smarter that's right Hmm. so that's uh that's the actual version of the song there's I, I couldn't find and even the 36 version does not say man smart woman smarter the 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 main spirit of the song is it's uh it it actually is not about how women are smarter than men in a good way it's that they are more conniving and make a man work all day that's hmm. that is the way that a woman is smart <laughs> <so. laughs> but but yeah I mean it's such a great cheesy 70s classic like I think the uh, the carpenters cover of it is one of the funniest to me because they they kind of strip all the Calypso and I love the carpenters but they huh. they strip uh, in there get Jesus. rid of all that culture yeah any, throw it out the window yes, any of that it's it's the whitest and safest version of the song you've ever heard uh, but yes after after this it's time for for lisa to make a wish and uh, this is when she's told she was very selfish uh, to to make a wish for world peace. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we we get a reference to the Falkland Islands that, that Argentina
2: would not be the first one. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which... <laughs> That's
3: an, actually that is another one of my all time favorite Simpsons gags is when Krusty has playing the reruns of his show. And they're like, don't worry, no one will notice. And then he's like, children, the Falklands have just been invaded. The Falklands, I repeat, the Falklands are a series of islands off the coast of Argentina. <laughs>
2: he pulls down a map. He was yeah. right ready for this oh man yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah the the one American who cared about oh. the Falklands. <laughs> yeah. and uh
2: there there's a fun character in this scene thanks to what I think is just like a, a painting error so they needed characters to fill this fake UN and one of them in the upper right corner Agnes Skinner with a mustache check yes. it out uh, every yes. time you watch this episode you won't be able to not stare at the upper right corner of the screen
0: never noticed it before Bob that was a great spot by you man. And, and yeah then uh we get to see you know the the Pentagon turns into the uh mall. Dane Becomes garden, everybody five
3: corners mall,
0: five corners mall. That's great. We should honestly, that should happen. We like a a
2: better use of space,
0: and he also the everybody throwing their guns into the furnace, including Krusty. Like, just I won't be needing this. He's he's got
2: throwing stars.
0: (laughs) Uh, and, and then it kind of turns into the classic Coke commercial, but they can't use the music. They can't use the music. but uh... They they kept
2: trying to uh, yeah. with that reference. So the wiki is wrong. The Wikipedia is wrong. I'm going to call them both out on this. Mm. They say this next part is a reference to the Twilight Zone 1986 episode, A Small Talent for War. I don't see anything in common with it outside of the fact that aliens uh, are mocking the idea of world peace. That's a, all. That's basically yeah, all I yeah. saw in common with it. And um, yeah, that's all I'll say.
0: Actually, I have a whole, uh, thank you for saying that, Bob, because I also went to the fandom Wikipedia uh, for this episode and i gotta say i think this is run that one is run by british people who all of their references are wrong they're just <laughs> like oh you know this is like this movie it's like this is not based on the commentaries or interviews or nothing it's just like you know uh this monkey paw thing it's kind of like the movie aladdin which came out a year later i i was no, like no, what no. the fuck are you like this that's a bad their reference page is unhelpful like entirely unhelpful i only double check it of like is there ever a reference in this that i don't catch but then i go to their Reference page is like all wrong. Like I, I'm, I'm calling you out, uh, wiki fan, wiki on Simpsons Uh, stuff.
3: British Simpsons fans, boo irish simpsons fans thumbs up oh yes yeah love love those love those memes those 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 crazy those crazy cunts come up with (laughs) i I, i'm using that in the you know
0: like in the in the friendly way yes the the british or the the yeah the irish no i think the uh, the irish simpsons uh twitter i love their uh their memes especially if it's just about like mainly about pub culture crossing over with the simpsons reference like well i don't understand this about irish pub culture but through the transitive property of this simpsons (laughs) reference i i understand it
3: i like when they're i like when they're you know uh when they're when they're when they're slagging off uh you know like an irish political party that means nothing to me they're like oh wow F- F- finna Gael really is like mr burns <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, but yes more so like out of the day the earth stood still kang and kodos arrive and uh, this is when uh, they learn i mean also too what a great choice like they they say on the commentary they were 50 50 of like, do we bring Kang and Kodos back? Do we, you know, they love the aliens in the first one, but they're like, ah, do we have the aliens every time? And after the second appearance, they're like, yes, we have to have the aliens every time. They are the uh, greatest.
2: Two big changes. There's no Serik the Preparer, which is James Earl Jones. Yep. And yep. also, they lose the drool fully which i like but i could see why they got rid of it yeah, so when they yeah. appear in or 401 whenever they're on screen you can hear the drool <laughs> dripping down their faces and into their like domes or whatever
0: this time it's just visual yeah but uh, but yes here's kang and kodos's arrival
1: people of earth we come to you in the spirit of hostility and
0: then, yes. Now, uh, let's be reasonable. We can resolve our
1: differences peacefully. Ow. Your superior intellect is no match for our puny weapons. Gordon, you've got to do something. What do you want me to do? I'm a baker now. They conquered us with a club. If we saved an A bomb or two. Move along, humans.
2: This is all the Simpsons' fault.
1: Before, I was just bored with their antics and their merchandise. Now, I wish they were dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> bored uh, bored with their antics and merchandise <laughs> uh, i noted too that all four of the people in that lineup are all season one weirdos so yeah like yeah it's, it's uh, fun to uh, see that this
2: colonel or whatever he's one of those just like one line characters i want to know more about like Hugh as the happiest man in springfield <laughs> I, I just love his i'm a baker now I'm
0: a ba- yeah he looks he, like he used to be a movie st- uh, like an action star and he's like i'm a baker now i <laughs> can't do it i guess it uh, at wish for world peace. not only got rid of all the weapons but also just the drive for self-defense like even now they're just like no we we can't do anything (laughs) i mean too i also love the shot of it crushing the springfield statue and that the head falls off because the head is still loose from bark cutting it off like oh yeah yeah it falls off as a separate part
3: yeah but that's a uh, that's okay. That's that's continuity. That's, they, they they really care about you know this keeping the tight rules in this universe, which you know you got to appreciate. And
2: uh, you know One, one thing though, uh, King Kodos not as hands on with their slavery as they would be in season eight, because back at home, Bart's like, "That we're slaves. This paw sucks." Yes, yes, and that yeah. says, "Hey, fellow slaverino." Yeah. So they're not actively really enforcing <laughs> slavery. It's more of an idea.
0: Yes, yeah, you know. It- <laughs> Uh, you're right. In uh, in Citizen Kang, they get they get a lot more. The invasion is a bigger scale. That's for sure.
3: Yeah, they're like they're like they're carrying rocks and they're like shackled together. By the end of that, they're getting like it literally whipped. And like and this one, it's just sort of like they're being. They're being menaced and kind of pushed around by like a stick.
0: Yeah, they're just like man, like just, just. I also love the ow, like just the ow. So, <laughs> but all right, let me tell you that shot of Bart holding up the newspaper that says "Monsters Okay Slavery Plan." I found an auction for that cell and it went for one thousand eight hundred dollars i simply couldn't go that high i was like god damn it that's such a good like just to see bart also the family is not behind it so it isn't a complete cell setup but still to get to have a cell on my wall that has bart with a newspaper that says monsters okay slavery plan like what a great just amazing headline (laughs) Ah, god i i love that so much but
3: and it just like it just underscores how like so many of the funniest gags on The Simpsons are like are totally visual. They're just yeah, like it's 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 just something that you see and read that, like are a sort of like like the, just the texture of Springfield and the world they inhabit. Like just the little details are often like really the funniest gags in any given Simpsons episode.
0: And uh, and here's another great joke here. Just Homer knows he has caught on to the ironic wishing, and he knows. He tries something that nobody in all those classic stories ever yeah. tries. A run-on sentence that you need with, like, just, and, and, and. God, I mean, Homer's acting, Dan Kessler is acting here, and all the posing on it is is so great. Geez,
3: now we're slaves. This paw sucks.
0: Okay, okay. I'll make a wish that can't backfire. I wish for a turkey sandwich on rye
1: bread with lettuce and mustard and, and... I don't want any zombie turkeys, <laughs> I don't want it to turn into a turkey myself, and I don't want any other weird surprises. You got it? Hey! Mmm. Mmm. Oh. Mmm. Not bad. Nice hot mustard. Squid bread. turkey's a little dry. The turkey's a little dry. Oh, found accursed cursed thief! What demon from the depths of hell created
0: thee?
2: Oh man, yeah. I needed to write no notes for that scene because it's all burned into my brain. So
0: so perfect. And uh,
2: (laughs) in our revisiting of different uh, seasons, well, we're running into a lot of uh, famous freeze frames that became memes. And there's one in this scene. So when Homer is sampling the sandwich, there's a cutaway to Lisa and Marge. Marge is standing behind Lisa with her hand on Lisa's shoulder. Are Lisa sort of
3: grimacing at each other?
2: Yeah. And somebody online.
3: Yeah.
2: Exactly. Somebody online. I don't know who. They flipped the image. They added a computer to. To the table and that is basically the image you post like as a quote retweet to like a Megan McArdle article or something like that.
3: Yes, yes, yes. It's just they're 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 sort of like slightly queasy and sickened by what they're looking at.
0: Yeah, uh, just adding a computer to a Simpson shop works so well as a meme too. Yeah, it every every time. <laughs>
2: so- and internet detectives actually tracked this down because I posted about it yesterday. People have found out that is actually the computer on Lisa's uh, table from Guess Who's Coming to Criticize Dinner, wow. which is like uh, ten years after this. Wow. So yeah, Man,
0: that's nice. Man, yeah, that's impressive. I also just love you know the the monkey paw is left with like so little options just like fine all right it's a dry sandwich like yeah. i can't it's, i just love homer's demand of like i don't want to turn into a turkey myself like none of this but yeah so the the paw is dead but uh this is when homer is gonna throw it out throw it out and uh, i just love how Ned is just like hey fellow slaver you know is that one of those monkey paw dealies that you wish for things <laughs> just instantly knows what it is and i love how the, the paw just reloads if you pass it to a new person it reloads But apparently it counts for, like, your whole family because it didn't change passing around within the family. Hmm. But I guess if it's passed over to Ned, that's when it reloads. But and and ned ned has no irony like his are just what he wishes like he gets and just the shot of him wishing that Mo could get rid of the aliens and then just Mo running back with a board with a nail in it like <laughs> that's so good that's it feels so like
2: good. they didn't have dialogue for that scene so they put in some real like popeye dialogue <laughs> that's why moe's like enslave humanity will you yes it feels yeah. like a real like popeye dub
0: and again they i love kang Kodos, like kang doing the speech of that he, it's like the end of a, of a sci-fi film but he's gotten the wrong moral of like assume there'll be a bigger board and a bigger nail uh, that will destroy <laughs> them all like it's so good
1: I guess my first wish is to get rid of those awful aliens ah, he's got a board with a nail in it and save humanity will ya run Kodos <laughs> well Kang, it seems the earthings won did they that board with the nail in it may have defeated us but the humans won't stop there. They'll make bigger boards and bigger nails. Soon they will make a board with a nail so big it will destroy them all <laughs> <laughs> Hey Homer this little thing in my jig really works great well, now that I've saved the earth maybe I ought to spruce up the old homestead. I wish I had a monkey's paw.
0: And yes, this is where there's a big change from the uh the the boards uh, that yeah. I I don't know how far it got in animation because definitely the ending feels like they reworked final animation as well.
2: Yeah, I guess in this one, uh, it's reused animation from, do you know the episode, Henry? It's from, I forget which one it is, but uh, the, oh, the, I th- the I wish I had a monkey's paws from another episode. Yeah, I think the animation.
0: I think it's from uh, the Dead Putting Society. I think it's from that. Okay, but, yeah, yeah, I think
2: you're right. But in the, in the original uh, version of this, as soon as Ned gets his castle, Homer goes, it's not fair! It's not fair! And he runs over to Ned's castle starts pounding on the door, and from Inside the castle, you hear Ned saying, "Boy, it sure, it sure is hard to relax with all that banging outside." And he makes Homer disappear.
0: He wishes Homer away. Yes, yeah. Which it's uh, it has more action, but I do kind of like that the scene ends with Homer saying, "I wish I had a monkey's paw." But uh, <laughs> it's but at some point off screen, Lisa wakes up terrified and. Uh, we start the next scene with her asking if she can sleep in, the, in bed with Bart just to not be alone and scared. And Bart, of course, like any older brother, is like, no, go away. I'm sleeping. And he needs to be bribed.
2: Oh, God. Talk about more uh, good on point Foley. The sound of eating that brittle candy necklace candy Ugh. and then pulling the disgusting band <laughs> out of your mouth.
0: Yeah. These, uh,
2: these can't be manufactured today, can they?
0: boy I you you would think not right but then again I feel like if you go to the cheapest candy in the aisle I bet you could find it still candy cigarettes they're gone but I bet these candy necklaces still exist somewhere but yes, Bart, Bart proclaims less talk, more sleep goes, goes right
2: back to sleep in his dream. And
0: this again, a great segment, uh, me and, me and Bob did a lot of watching for this one. Uh, we did to catch up. Yeah.
2: So obviously a parody of the November 1961 episode of the twilight zone. Uh, it's a good life. So here's some scary math for all you folks out there. Uh, this episode of the Simpsons airs in October, 91, that episode aired in, um, November 61. We are now far further past this episode than they were past the Twilight Zone episode, so that's oh some scary God. math for you. Yes, <laughs> sorry, it took my brain a while to process it. Okay, that's why okay, I was okay. pausing. Okay, okay. All right, All
3: right I'm, I'm judging it based on the remake of this episode in the Twilight Zone movie directed by Joe Dante. So I'm going to give myself a, a little bit more breathing room here, as far as far as the, the the grim hand of fate and the inexorable march of time leading us to the grave
0: you know that's only almost 40 years old now that yeah, one. yeah yeah I... uh, hey next year yeah
2: and uh, Henry and I watch both of these I guess we can give our thoughts on them but yes obviously it goes without saying the original Twilight Zone episode is so great so haunting Cloris Leachman is in it she's amazing in it that little fucker you want to just smash his head in you, you hope somebody does it's the, yeah. it's the moral of the story smash the kid's head in but nobody will do it yeah. and like I it, like it's just the this greatest sweatiest most desperate people in this Oh. horrible situation and uh like the most haunting thing to me about that story is that nothing exists anymore outside of this group of people they are yeah. just in hell yeah in ohio it makes it worse
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah i know they can never leave ohio they're just trapped there forever i mean bill moomy is uh perfect as this haunting super spoiled child and just yeah every every actor around him going like and that's good that's real good oh it's good you did that oh it's the best tv we love it like i i think it's really a great argument for child free by choice people too because it shows you know, (laughs) see these kids they fuck everything up it's a hashtag
3: it's also also sort of a terrifying portrait about how like um like children if you imbued them with like forget godlike power it's just like any level of like adult power and authority like kids don't have morality like morality is something that you need to like develop as you mature into adulthood and like a kid with god like powers would be like you know satan incarnate
0: yeah i when they talk about it you never see it it's always off screen but when they're just like Oh, look at that. I made mean, a three-headed gopher. Well, I'm gonna kill it now. And just everyone is so disturbed by it, but then they have to I mean, it is just acting toward a force because it all yeah. is sold through the acting of just how terrified everyone is at him.
2: And the Dante segment, I, I like it for what it is, but I I it's gotta I mean, because Spielberg is on that project. It has a weird like Spielberg y quality where the kid is too cute and he's misunderstood. Yeah. The ending I don't like as much, but I'm thinking maybe that woman had the right idea. Like, no, you ally with the evil Child, you don't try to fight him, you join forces with the evil child.
0: Well, I, I, for me watching it, I think Dante imbued a little more like his Anthony is slightly older. Like he's not a little, yeah. little kid. And I think there is a little like boyhood crush he has on Helen in that. I think there's, there's a little to that, that she's maybe taking advantage of that to control this God, this horrifying God. But I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. Anthony's view of like, yes, cartoons should be on in every room and every yes. room you walk into should have more cartoons on it. And you just, and
2: carnival food for dinner,
0: carnival food for dinner. Yeah. And also like the the villain from uhf ken mccarthy who's in it he's great and but of course i wanted to rewatch it too because nancy cartwright bart herself is the sister in it and she is killed inside a cartoon she is sent to live in a cartoon and is killed by it which is pretty funny that's i mean yeah but that's very very meta yeah, yeah. and chloris
2: leachman was on the simpsons last season that's right so yes. two connections there
0: <laughs> i mean yeah like rewatch it uh again if you haven't seen it in forever like i hadn't watched the the original 61 version in forever it's yeah. so
2: good every actor in
0: it is amazing <laughs> they're just covered in sweat it's it's so great yeah
2: and uh the the parody of the intro is so perfect because the intro for the episode is about like 90 seconds long almost too Long, where it's just like the parody where Rod Serling is like something weird is going on, something kind of fucked up. Yes. You wouldn't believe how weird and fucked up this is. <laughs> and then, would you believe it's a little boy? I that know. like it's the most perfect parody of that like over the top intro. Yes,
3: uh, I don't know if you guys uh, clocked this or not, but the, uh, in the in the 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 intro to to uh, Bart's nightmare. Uh, like everyone's walking down the street and they're like, they're grimacing, like this, like, you know, rictus smile as they're like, yes, this is good. We're happy. We're happy. We're thinking good thoughts. And uh, Jasper is the one who fucks up and he's like, I'm getting mighty sick of this. And then it's just like, bloop. And it uh, morphs him into like some sort of dog, dog man, like a, a, a dog with a man's face, which is, I mean, like 1000% um, a reference to the uh, Philip Kaufman remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, oh yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah Mike, Mike Reese on the commentary says there's something that, there's almost too many parodies in this episode
0: <laughs> yeah man i rewatched. i i haven't watched that movie in full and forever I, I again i pulled up that scene last night i was like oh yeah it's a it's really creepy that just this mask they put on a dog, and the way the tongue just sticks out of the dog's mouth in that scene. Like,
3: oh, it's like, oh, it's such a disturbing scene in the uh, in the Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake. It's 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 so horrific.
2: During lockdown, a few times I have posted that uh, Jasper, I'm getting mighty sick of this. Yes,
0: yeah, I, uh, you know, I it's how I think like getting mighty sick of this, and uh, yeah, I there's another there's another scene of this. It certainly reminds me of podcasting sometimes too, but or at least pad up. Uh, Pandem- pandemic podcasting, but yeah, you're right, Bob. The I'm so glad I rewatched the old Twilight Zone because they so perfectly parody the the how full of himself serling is of like bet you didn't see that coming, <laughs> six year old boy. That's right, like so so proud of himself. But yeah, so as the the family eats together, Bart uh, is is torturing them. They're all they're so great at, at playing uh, off of him here.
1: Presented for your consideration, Springfield. An average little town with a not-so-average monster. The people of Springfield have to make sure they think happy thoughts and say happy things, because this particular monster can read minds, and if displeased, can turn people into grotesque walking terrors. Happy thoughts, happy thoughts. Boy, I'm getting mighty sick of this. Rough, rough, rough. Wow, wow. And did I mention that the monster is a 10-year-old boy? Quite a twist, huh? Bet you didn't see that one coming.
3: Good morning. <laughs> morning. Good
0: morning, dear. Hiya, Bart. How's my boy? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Just like, yeah, I, I just love also Marge's line later after he transforms uh, Snowball 2. She's just like, oh, good. The curtains are on fire. <laughs> uh, it's good that you made that awful thing part it's real good <laughs> just uh so so funny and and uh and like that snowball too also kind of turns into like the duck amuck transformation mm-hmm. in daffy i i also like that just design is great i I think Groening's big note on that was that he just didn't want it to look like Snowball was in pain. That was ah. his big oh, uh, on the, uh, storyboards. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah, Snowball is okay. like uh, breathing comfortably after that.
0: It's happy to be that way, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, And the entire family is tortured by Bart's godlike powers. He heads off and uh, gets on the school bus. All the kids terrified of him on the school bus, like, that's so great looking too. The way, the way Sherry is the closest, <laughs> and she gets out like, ah! And then runs to the back.
3: And I love the I love the line with uh, I love the line with Otto where he's like he's like, move over, auto. I'm driving the bus. He's like, Oh, like sorry, like I can't do that. And he's like, Wait, wait, oh wait, yeah, you're, you're the kid with all those gnarly powers. <laughs> he's, he Otto,
2: <laughs> Otto has forgotten. Yeah, and we're reaching the end of auto. Like auto is yeah. functionally dead after the auto show because they just ran out of auto material. So it's fun to see him still in his bus function. Yes, yeah. Having then, conversations with Bart. He's
0: he's so stupid of a stoner, he's just he forgets the god that. Lives in their town and gets whatever he wants. Like he just completely for uh but then once he agrees to it, I just love too that his his death drive he's just like, huh, hey, this is fun, isn't it? We're all gonna die, aren't we? Just ah, uh, so good. Uh also cut there was a uh in the storyboards, there's a joke of Wendell puking over the bus. Uh, seat and uh, Grady wrote no. Delete this. We're not doing a puke. We're Why? not. We're not going all the way with a puke. Wendell choice. got
2: to puke like twice in yes, this entire yeah. series. <laughs> uh,
0: and so Bart heads to school. This is when, well, he realizes he loves school.
3: Well, class, the history of our country has been changed again huh. to correspond with Bart's answers on yesterday's test. Huh? America was now discovered in 1942 by some guy. And our country isn't called America anymore,
1: it's (laughs) Bonerland. Your attention please, this is Principal Skinner. Bart, this one's for you. Hello, my baby, hello, my honey, hello, my ragtime gal. Send me a kiss, my water. Baby, my (laughs) (laughs) tavern? Hold on, I'll check. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt, and my butt smells, and uh. I like to kiss my own butt. Wait a minute. Uh. <laughs> In- <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> one more time. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime Double time now. <laughs> I love school.
2: You know, I always forget. So I, I love uh, Mo reading the most, uh, you know, tired, uh, uncreative uh, prank call joke in the world. Mm. I forget the actual joke is, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, he... He's not playing along with Bart. <laughs> He's
0: not doing it for Bart's sake. He yeah.
2: actually
3: <laughs> wants to go by. Yeah. That's great. It's just like, like I said, the master of this averted expectation. You know, like if the joke is leading you in one very obvious direction, and then they like they, they they juke left at the last moment in a very always very funny ways. Uh, I was thinking like the, the, the scene that where uh, we just played it where uh Skinner is serenading Bart over the school PA system with um like a barbershop song. I mean obviously not the first time Skinner uh does his barbershop thing, but I was just thinking like it, it's it's a, it's an odd choice and it made me think of when we actually when we uh we interviewed Bill Oakley on the show like a long time ago, it was a couple years back, and he said that when they were writing like when he would write Homer or when they were writing any of the adults on the show, they were always writing it from the perspective of like their parents generation so there's always this odd there's always like this like this this little like these little touches of like old timey uh like references or just things that feel sort of out of place or like of a different era for like when it's supposed to be depicting that like I always just sort of like take notice of now uh after he after he said that to us on the show
0: yeah I I always love that removal like uh Bill Bill mentioned to uh I uh uh, we've had on the art show too he's he mentioned like when he did grandpa jokes, he was like basing it on his grandpa who was born like before 1900. Like, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, Oh yeah. I can't, if I do grandpa jokes now, it should be about a grandpa who was born in like 1953. Like, is that, or like, uh, like 39, maybe tops. It's too bad with the slide of time, like Grandpa in a current Simpsons episode, he can't be a World War II vet anymore. Or he would have had to enlist when he was like thirteen or something mm. and lied. Like that's the, <laughs> the best thing you can do Child for him soldier. to be a homer. Yes, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're retconning Homer and Marge uh their their life stories. But to be not, our age. Yeah, yes, to be our yeah. age. But not but not Grandpa, not yet. He's still, I think, canonically a World War II vet.
0: Yeah, I I watched a new one last year and he was still a World War Two vet. Impossibly. I mean that also means he had he had homework when he was like sixty five or something, which you know, is possible. There's old dads, but still it's and he also first time I noticed there among the apples on Edna's desk is a dead mouse, which I guess that was Bart's uh gift to her. Yeah. I noticed that for the first time too. I wasn't (laughs)
2: sure if it was evidence of a cut joke or something or what. But yeah, there's a dead mouse on her desk with apples. It
0: was not in the storyboards, I'll say Mm -hmm. that. I I also love Barney's like happy thoughts, (laughs) (laughs) happy it's really good. But we then head home and it wouldn't be this era of the simpsons if it, there wasn't a joke about gambling on football which is what all the writers were doing on the show then
2: i think every sport
0: yeah every sport yes but i think but football, importantly most of all yeah and
2: most importantly betting on the spread
0: yes yes yeah it has to be the score lisa the greek comes a little after this but that's that's when all of us learned a lot of the rules about uh, football gambling as as children Again, I, I have the full clipper because every second of this I love so so much as as Bart comes up. Yeah, this
3: this is this is the best joke in in this segment for sure. Mike, come on,
0: make it, make it, make it, please, please, please!
3: I want to watch Crusty.
1: Shut up, boy! If they make this field goal, I win fifty bucks. The kick is up. It's looking good. The ball <laughs> is turning into a fat bald guy. <laughs> no good. And you know what we say every time something strange happens? It's good that Bart did that. It's very good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're still on. 346 consecutive hours. And all because of one little boy who who won't let me stop! (laughs) Anyway, now let's go over and see if Sideshow Mel has any more of those legal over-the-counter wake-up drugs of his. (laughs)
0: Oh, God damn it. Uh, I love every second. of that Yeah. So and much. the crusty
2: scene uh, was laid out by Brad Bird still on the show. Like yeah. he, he liked to do a crusty scene every now and then, which is why it looks kind of off model, but awesome.
0: No. Yeah. That's they, they said that Brad Bird back then, he was very protective of the character. And so he's like, no, that's my like, yoink. That's my scene. I'm doing, I mean every second of it is so good i you could tell he heard dan's great performance of crusty is just strung out and just like whoa, whoa let me stop and and burt if you see on the on the storyboards you can pull them up they look good and it's a good disheveled crusty but none of those poses are in there like that's what makes it you know just
3: yeah crusty looks absolutely haggard
0: the, the, the pain on his face that he's been awake for two weeks straight that's how that's what the math lines up to on that like bart won't even let him sleep when bart sleeps he's just like <laughs> nope you have to always be on tv never stop and just his his screaming like goddamn every and and yeah I, there were some me and bob were very productive podcasters during the pandemic and there were a couple days that felt a little like <laughs> a little bit like that yeah yeah and also just the, to hear this commentator say the ball is turning into a fat, bald guy whatever happens. Whenever something strange like that happens, it's good that Bart did that. It's very good. Like everybody in the world knows of oh, a weird thing happened. Bart did it. And it's good that Bart did that.
2: I, I love how this all happens in the same scene. So uh, Bart wishes Homer away. To the football game he watches the crusty clip and then a taxi drops homer back off to rejoin <laughs> <Yes>. the scene <laughs>
0: yes yes it's so good same with the way how he enters the room with just a smile on his face and then and then in his head he's saying like don't even think he can read your thoughts and then bash him in the head and then just Bart's pointed at him like boom that's i guess in a way bart is defending himself in that in that very moment there instead of just he's he's not punishing homer for wanting to listen to a perry como record you know that's not why he's punishing him like, like uh, bill Mooney does in the original one but uh, yeah, Bart turns him into the Jack in the Box, which looks amazing. Like, it's so great. It's, you know, they they did their best in 61 with it, but they kind of just have to like, it's really just in silhouette, the man turning into the Jack in uh, the, the Box. The, the
2: one man. shot I, I wish they would lose is the actual actor kind of bobbing back and forth for a few seconds. It's really lame. And yeah, I wish they would have cut that yeah, out. But yeah. I like how this episode picks up after the end of that one, where it's like, well, now <laughs> hang out with the Jack in the Box. Yes, Yeah. What happens after that? Yeah.
3: i sort of like... A- an early and then never again really recurring Simpsons character the child psychologist was it like uh what's his name marvin some marvin dr marvin Monroe. then he's like a call-in like like a like like a, a fraser type character but sort of like uh, he was around a lot in the very early seasons of the simpsons and then he kind of drops off but i i do really also like another another sort of like reading visual gag is that when they go to see him he is certified by the Bonerland medical association so now everything now has been retconned into bart's reality where america
0: is now Bonerland. it's it wasn't just in the classroom everybody accepted it as different yeah,
2: I, yeah, like Marvin Monroe, we've talked about him before, but he was a production episode one character. He launched yeah. with the show. Yes, yeah. Uh, and they he was never popular.
0: Alive. Oh, and Will, you might, uh, you'll be, uh, I think, impressed to know this, that originally they thought that character was going to be played by Tom Lykus. like the radio personality Tom Likus. <laughs> What?
3: <laughs> Tom Lykus? Yes, he. Oh uh, it's,
0: this is on the DVDs for season one. They actually have the original table read script for – that episode, and in the cast list, it's Tom Likis, and he was there for the table read. And uh, I believe it was Jay Cogan in another interview said like, "Oh yeah, Tom Likis got fired during the table read. Like that we hated him so much, <laughs> they kicked him out during huh. the table read." Yeah, so. wow. Jesus, wow, wow. his his, his
3: personality was sort of uh, toxic and annoying? That's you surprised me.
0: uh But uh, also cut from the storyboards. When Bart says Lisa did it, they then would do a back and forth like, no, I didn't. Yes, I did. No, I didn't. Yes, she did. And then Bart uses his powers to then make her basically hypnotize and say, yes, I did, mother, and hmm. walks away. So uh, they cut... They cut out him hurting Lisa. I think that was probably also like a graining. Uh, graining didn't write a note on there, yeah. but I was like, eh, you know, maybe they don't want to have him, Bart, directly hurt Lisa. Maybe that's too dark for this episode. Not for later tree houses, but for, no. for this one. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, I guess their point here too is like, well, if Anthony had just been given like proper therapy as a child, maybe, maybe these things wouldn't have happened with him.
1: You like attention,
0: don't you, Bart? Do I ever?
1: <laughs> well, we all do. The problem is that you don't care whether you get good attention for, say, getting high marks in school or bad attention for, say, turning your father into a jack-in-the-box. Homer, I see you agree with my theory. I'm not nodding. It's the air conditioning. Well, that's too bad, because the attention the boy craves should be coming from you. I want you to spend some quality time with him. Get to know him. Maybe even love him.
0: Also, there's a great another great note on the storyboard. I showed you that too, Bob. That like when they were setting up this scene, it's very similar to a Butterfinger ad they did as well. And Matt Graining actually wrote on it, like make this look better than the Butterfinger ad. Like, he thought
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah he thought the Butterfinger ad wasn't funny. There was a Marvin Monroe Butterfinger ad, right? <laughs>
0: yes, yeah. That Bart is like diagnosed with Butterfinger all of, uh, a Butterfinger obsession and. Uh, Marvin, he's really like all therapists. He's just lying to Bart to steal something from him, as as all therapists do. Yeah, no, I. I
3: yeah, do don't trust them. Don't trust them. There's another important lesson I learned early along in the, watching The Simpsons as a kid. Is uh, re- yeah, rege- never never go to therapy, and I, I, and I
0: never have or will. Uh, But the way he says, like, Homer, I see you agree with my theory. I'm not nodding. It's the air conditioning. Like, what a great line. (laughs) (laughs) He he seems annoyed. But then comes in, I swear, at this point, it already is, like, the second one of these in the series. Right, Bob? And not the last either. Yes.
2: So uh, you won't know this if you're not 60. But uh, (laughs) there was a very very famous PSA on in the 60s and early 70s uh, called Like Father, Like Son. And in the PSA, it's about, like, what, a minute and a half long, Henry? Yeah, yeah.
0: Of just music. Like I'm not going yeah. to play it because it's it's really just the music they parody in this sequence of Bart and Homer hanging out.
2: But in the but in the PSA, it's like a small three year old child hanging out with his dad and he's like imitating the things his dad does. Like his dad is fixing a thing. He's picking up a little toy hammer. It's very adorable. But then. His dad starts smoking a cigarette, and he pulls out a cigarette. and the The voiceover says, "Like father, like son. Think about it." So it's a PSA saying your kid will imitate you if you if you're smoking around him. Mm. That was seen a ton by boomers. I think it was there. This is your brain on drugs yeah, for the late sixties. Yeah, I think so. So <laughs> the music in this montage is this a this is pin- this
3: is your dad on cigs. <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly. Uh, think about it. Uh, but yeah, instead of instead of uh, getting the music they use in the commercial, they try to, but the guy wanted money. They did a parody of the music from that PSA from 1967, and I know a lot of boomers have seen that because it's also a joke on Mystery Science Theater.
0: So many times, yeah, yeah. I know you're a misty. You've had on Bill Corbett on on your so many great episodes of childhood. Oh, uh,
3: absolutely, absolutely. Bill Corbett, one of the nicest, one of the nicest gentlemen I've ever met. Uh, an absolute, uh, an absolute, uh, a treasure, uh, Bill Corbett.
0: And on Mystery Science Theater, if there was ever a scene where people were just like doing stuff to music over it and nothing happens for a while. Yeah. That's when Bob, uh, when Bob servo, when Tom servo would say, think about it. Won't you like that? Every, <laughs> every single time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, all they're hanging out is cute. I love, I like that. It's just the most wholesome things that like Bart is like, <laughs> now he's going to church with him. And
3: yeah, uh, they're going to, yeah, they're going to church, they're praying together. You know what? Once again, the Simpsons like the, the only American sitcom to acknowledge a, a religious life, uh, for, for its
2: characters for the most part. That scoffing mom in the room with me should have appreciated this yeah, scene. Yeah, But on the yeah, commentary, they, they say this this church uh, image is a parody of a Rockwell painting, but they named the wrong one. So, listeners out there, which one is this? Because yeah. we're still in the era where you can you can parody famous paintings and photographs yes, in 1991. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, these
0: comedy writers, they had it so easy. Because there was like, you know, a hundred hours of things that everybody remembered because there was only like three networks. Yeah, they, they, they were
3: that like like they were mining from when america was still a monoculture and like that like the, the shared cultural references could be could be satirized in a way that was you know like i said like still remains timeless but ultimately would land to like you know to the a, a wide wide variety of, of viewers
0: i was thinking that watching the 83 twilight zone movie too that like the start of the movie is literally dan aykroyd and and albert brooks just talking to each other like hey remember old tv yeah i remember that remember this theme song it's just- <laughs> yeah. And, and and it really was just this dream of like these boomer directors who watched the Twilight Zone as kids and wished they're like, oh man, I remember those so well, but I wish they had better special effects. Like, and now I'm finally gonna give the special yeah. effects these deserve. Like, they're no better than us with with their with reliving their childhoods through through content. <laughs> you know, they're not so special. But yeah, so Bart then learns his lesson, changes Homer back. Uh, I also love Homer tucking his son into bed with his mouth. Is very, but you know, that sounded <laughs> wrong when I said <laughs> that there. But um. <laughs> but yes, that. Just that, like, I love you, Dad. I love you too, son. I uh, sp- again talking about watching this with moms. My mom called it before she's when she saw the treacly ending happening. She said, "This is Bart's nightmare, and he and he's gonna." Hate oh, it. there I we go. go.
3: Very clever.
0: My mom caught it beforehand. Quite, it quite was... an astute viewing. Yeah, <laughs> but but yes, Bart wakes up from his bad dream ending in, in our uh, last clip of Acts two. Good night, son.
3: Good night, Dad. You know, these last few days have been really swell. I wish there was something I could do to repay you.
1: Well, if you wanted to, you could give me my body back. You got it. (coughs) Hey, hey, oh, whoa. Thanks, boy. I love you, Dad. I
0: love you, son. great scream great scream, and the animation too the wiggly mouth on a scream great great stuff uh but okay the next scene starts it's 4 a.m uh homer i've now lived the life of homer i did when i worked in an office job like i just waking up at 4 a.m and thinking like i gotta get up and go back to work i gotta go back to work the, the pain of that or also just the fun The fun math of your, anytime I wake up at night, I'm like, I know, like you just say four hours, 30 minutes. Like I know exactly how much time. I usually
2: break it down into movies. It's like, that's one Lord of the Rings I can sleep (laughs) until it's time (laughs) to get up. But this this segment, but
3: uh, I... Homer's nightmare does capture like the uh you know the nightmare of having a job. I don't know if you've had this experience where like you go to a job every day in an office, and then the, you start remembering dreams that just take place in your office. That like aren't nightmares, aren't especially good or bad dreams, but that your dream reality is just completely colonized by just your job. Like that's what your dream. It's not even like an anxiety dream. You're just at work in the blissful hours of the day in which you are not conscious and like free from the
2: clock. That is a truly horrific experience. Yeah, Yeah. your subconscious is on the clock no matter what.
0: Even though Bob and me have been living the podcast life for a few years now even then i still i feel like even a few months ago i had like a well i'm in the office i just uh, i'm just walking around that old office from like 10 years ago and it's it won't go away like it's just always always there haunting me but man yeah bob this is one of the best looking things i ever did on the show right i
2: I feel like this segment does not get enough credit because uh the first two are just so good i feel like this one mostly gets forgotten uh because honestly the premise is not quite as good it's about homer becoming frankenstein but then he's frank for about 20 seconds (laughs) but uh at this point in the show they're really in love with burns and smithers which is why they are in the front seat in this segment jim reardon says they wanted this to be their animation tour de force and it is a great looking bit of both character animation and staging and background design it's like a a very beautiful Mm. segment, not as funny as the first two but still i think it does not get enough credit this one
0: yeah it's like a half-baked frankenstein kind of thing uh they're like oh what you know you get some of the like you know the the classic universal frankenstein in there but you also so, I, I don't know. You get a little Robocop mixed in as well, yeah. which is really a modern Frankenstein. Yeah. And by modern, I mean 36 years ago.
2: Well, Frankenstein was a modern Prometheus. That's true. Take that. Yeah,
0: that's true. Ah, there we go. Oh, fair. there we go. Uh, I went to college. But yes, Homer in his dream, it's not too different at first. A couple of hours, I have to get up and go to work. Gonna Go to work.
1: Go to work. Ooh, look at them smithers, gold-brickers, layabouts, slugger beds Little do they realize their days of suckling at my teat are numbered. <laughs> oh, in the meantime, sir, may I suggest a random firing? Just to throw the fear of God into them? Very well. Mm, Eeny, meeny, miny. Ugh, him. Attention, Homer Simpson. Attention, Homer Simpson wake up homer hey what what you're fired we're sleeping on the job how do you know i was sleeping we've been watching you on the surveillance camera
0: camera do homer in the same shot like the same static shot of him slowly finding the camera like that's that's a really good like setup too that looks great and you know the Smithers is uh, just so bloodless in this one too. He's just <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's uh, throw the fear of god into him, and just uh, and also yeah, they're just they love Burns talking. This is just like the Burns like sl- lay about slugabeds,
3: slugabed, slugabeds. I I love the I love that like the deep pulls on like once again like like extremely antiquated uh, vocabulary that uh, that Mister Burns will come, with Mister Burns and Grandpa, but like Mister Burns especially will come out with.
0: And yeah, thirty years later, the dream of automating every job by a billionaire is no no uh it's birds as bright <laughs> now as it does it yeah then. yes yeah
3: so yeah he's a uh proto Bezos figure and he says like yeah the robot he wants to invent he says will be the uh, the greatest breakthrough in labor relations since the cat of nine tails
0: <laughs> yes <yeah. laughs> uh, I mean the joke here is that like oh isn't Burns so evil no one would be this evil It's like nah, nah, this this barely even keeps <laughs> up with current day evil I think but I, <laughs> he's
2: not even killing any monkeys for this you know what you're right yeah <laughs> it's all the, it's all the
0: monkey death here <laughs> I
3: yeah I mean they're I mean they're they're, tr- they're trying to steal a brain from like a fresh core so they're not just pulling it out of fucking chimp or something to put a microchip in it.
0: Uh, but yes, the well, also he builds a robot that works, dang it! Not like not like all these fake like convention presentation robots that uh, Elon Musk builds. Uh, but yes, this again, this little bit here of Burns talking about his need for a brain like is so good, like that he's. Uh, I, I here, I'll just play it. You know, Smithers, I've always despised the laziness of the common worker. Then I realized his spirit was willing, but the
1: flesh was weak. So I replaced the flesh, which is weak, with steel, which is strong. <laughs> Behold, the greatest breakthrough in labor relations since the Cato Nine tales. How long till it's up and running, sir? Keep
0: your pants on, Smithers. First, we need the human brain. I just love how needlessly Burns explains it. Like he already said, I guess the the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak so i replace the flesh which is weak like just he has to just like so stupidly over explain it like and just how he puts his finger up, like uh, which is weak if you remember what i just said the flesh was weak and yeah the design on it it's bender pretty yeah, much like yeah. it's like 80 percent bender from future
3: <laughs> it's a huge bender yes. I, I, I didn't realize that but yeah you're right it is a it is a proto bender.
0: And if you look at the uh, the storyboards are kind of there's actually like two versions of him that's kind of there's a halfway robot version but it's not all the way to the design and then the other one is like it's just a classic cheney frankenstein design of homer which i'm glad they went with like no no make it a cool robot like why i don't need to see homer with bolts in his neck or whatever like let's 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 not do so direct of a frankenstein thing i i kind of prefer the robot version yeah i guess
2: it's more of a robot than frankenstein even though i've yeah, seen it a yeah. billion times like oh yeah he's a robot but you barely see the homer robot really do anything
0: <laughs> yes yeah but yes first uh, we cut to homer looking for a new job in the one ads he needs to know how to use an ultrasonic tripter, uh which is a real medical device used to break up kidney stones with ultrasonic vibrations shot into your kidneys so which uh, uh the commentary even al Jean's like oh yeah how hard can that be just point <laughs> it at it and zap it like that's all you gotta do but uh, uh you know they didn't have google back then they just they knew it because they were putting their harvard brains to work which uh also act- <laughs> mike race's dad is a doctor oh so that's true yes yeah He could have called him up Yeah, you know, Will, actually, uh, as a quick aside on Chapo, you guys have done uh, so well talking about this, like, pipeline of Ivy League schools of Harvard and Yale to soft power places, like, say, the CIA or FBI or whatnot, but... What do you think of like Harvard also being the breeding ground for so many of the the classic Simpsons writers?
3: You know, I mean, it's like you cannot have you know like like everything is uh, pregnant with its opposite in life. So like Harvard, an institution of great evil, you know, uh, feeding into uh, true sources of satanic power in the world, like the the CIA and the American government, and you know, McKinsey. I mean, go down the list: big law, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, Larry Summers. Go down the list here, but you cannot have you cannot have an institution. Pregnant with such truly satanic evil, without having its its opposite in some way, and I think uh, the, the truly redemptive part is all of the wonderful comedy writers. I mean, you know, despite despite their association with um, with with true evil, I think have uh, have imbibed um, the, the that vein of the American ruling class and channeled it into, as I said, uh, the finest work of American popular culture ever produced in The Simpsons.
0: You know, maybe they were shown the all the Illuminati stuff there, and they're like, nah, I, I, that. I, <laughs> It sounds like it sucks. It I want to yeah, do jokes. The, the
2: Harvard lampoon was sort of like the Dark Souls bonfire within the institution.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, I think was- I've, I've, I've have you
3: guys. Have you guys have you guys been to the the Lampoon Castle that they have there? It It, it is. It is. It is very. It is very Dark Souls adjacent. I'll just say that.
0: You know, I, yeah, I had forgotten it was a castle until recently I was listening to, it was, it was Conan O'Brien interviewing John Mulaney and Mulaney was asking him Harvard Lampoon questions and Conan jokes about like, yeah, I was in the castle and we did this. And I was like, oh, that funny Conan O'Brien joking about how opulent Harvard is that they were in a castle. And I was like, oh no, wait, no, it's the, I Googled it. It was like, you know, it's an actual castle. Like it's it's (laughs) on, on Harvard property. Yes. Uh, But Homer then takes the job of grave digger. Uh, And we get another appearance, of good old groundskeeper, Willie. Uh, They're really in love with him in season three. They, they introduced him late in season two. And they're like, this guy is funny. We got to keep having him just yell at people. In the script, he's
2: gravedigger, Willie.
0: Ah man. He's, he can sometimes just be a gravedigger as the need uh, approaches. He can just do it, but.
3: It's any kind of groundskeeping you know because you know what, what, what is a grave digger other than just you know a groundskeeper
0: and, uh, and of course the second willie walks away homer falls asleep just in the in, in the inside an open in grave. an open grave yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh and so uh, yes birds and smithers are then skulking around the graveyard i just love burns a great animation like yeah the the lighting of it the the this the creepiness of it and just Burns saying i feel like a kid in a candy store just so hello hello <laughs> what's this he's just so happy uh and this all i oh, think sorry this is, go oh, ahead I, was gonna say, I think this is the first time they do a joke about homer smells horrible i yeah. think this is the first time they do that joke which he they, smells worse
2: than the rendering plants
0: yes yeah it's i think <laughs> i think mike reesever regretted that And just like did we have to we make him a giant fat food monster we also have to make him the smelliest man alive too who smells worse than death this is when uh they as they're taking over away again the acting on burns here is so fucking funny
1: (laughs) what corpse should we unearth sir (laughs) i don't know i feel like a kid in a candy store hello an open grave smithers get him out quickly the stench is overpowering wait a minute sir that's homer simpson he wasn't exactly a model employee. Well, who is a model... employee? <laughs> uh, Simpson will do just fine, sir. Oh. 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 Did you hear that, sir? No, I didn't. Who is it? Frankenstein? The booger man? It's the man in the bag, sir. I think he's alive. Bed corp. Bed corpse. Stop oh. scaring smithers. <laughs> Satisfied? Thank you, sir.
2: Uh, upon watching it this time, I thought, no, we hear Homer's death rattle. We yes, hear his yeah. final breath.
0: Uh, or at least not. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, you're right. I God, I just love how stupid they are. This is such just a comedy sketch yeah. of like.
2: The man in the bag. The
0: man in the bag. So like, he's clearly not dead. He's like, okay, bad corpse. And he just, while saying bad corpse, he beats a man to death. Un-uncussed. This is
2: like unprecedented strength of Mr. Burns. Yes, he's yeah. so powerful in this That's segment. True. Yeah, yeah
0: oh guys like bad he
3: stoves Homer's skull in with a shovel
0: God it's so so my, and also just the look on his face as he's seeing the x-ray of Smithers' floating brain like that's so good and and Smithers Smithers already can tell the end of this story like he's like well no he's he's a bad employee he should not be in your robot but his his own sense of self-preservation uh, stops him from correcting that problem <laughs> we cut then to the sound as a kid, it just really creeped me out to see Homer's head cut off and it just like emptily tumble to the ground and just roll around like an empty like uh, thermos, thermos thermos lid t- yeah. yeah yeah that's
2: what it reminded me of <laughs>
0: uh, and then again this is a little quick clip but just Burns is so funny here Smithers hand me that ice cream scoop ice cream scoop damn it Smithers this isn't rocket science it's brain surgery.
1: <laughs> 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 Hello, look at me, I'm Davy Crockett.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and like this stuck with me too as a kid. Uh, just how just he rips the brain out of Homer's skull and there's a bit of the spinal column still dangling. Oh,
0: man, the way it like stretches uh, yeah, and yeah. pops. Like, yeah. God, yeah, I mean... There's no putting that back, but yeah, that, that creeped me out as a kid. And then it leads to <laughs> uh, when we interviewed Jay Cogan, he still was proud of this joke. I think he said it was his favorite joke he ever pitched uh, in an episode he didn't it doesn't have the writing credit for, which was putting the brain with the spinal cord on top of the head and saying, look at me, I'm Davy Crockett. And they they, 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 <laughs> say, they say it on the commentary. It's one of their, everybody on the commentary's favorite moment of like when Jay Cogan acted that out, they were laughing for like minutes afterward, like literally rolling on the floor laughing at just how how funny that idea was to them. They they I mean his act out of pointing at his head while he adds like ah look at me like it's uh, kind of like
2: pirouetting like to yes, show off. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Though, oh god, the way is—it's just pulled out like gum or whatever. Just the stretch of it out of his brain. Ugh. We get a, a lengthy scene of them uh, building everything. They take a break to eat pizza. in The original storyboards. Homer's in the background. His corpse is there at the table with them eating pizza. mac Groening X through that. Did Aww. not like that joke. <laughs> <laughs> so they then the robot comes alive. We have a big parody of the it's the live scene, but him saying that the guy at radio shack told him he was bad but who's mad now what a great line the first person shot maybe i just love robocop too much but i think i it feels like a reference to robocop
2: yeah like uh uh, the little flashes you see as like time is passing and then when they finally wake him up that's kind of i think what they're doing with this
0: i think so i think uh but yeah and then the homer bot comes alive instantly finds donuts and smashes through a wall just like it's the way it like Herky jerkly moves around and smashes through the walls again. Like amazing animation too. <laughs>
2: I really like uh, this next mean-spirited scene. That's not necessary at all. I don't think. I don't think it's in the storyboards even. I don't. I didn't see it in there. Yeah, I
0: think Carson's drawn in there, but I don't think okay. it's this bad of a joke. It's no. like uh, they're
2: just checking in with the family, and uh, Bart and Lisa are up watching Johnny Carson doing a terrible Karnak joke, yeah. and uh, Marge has to remind them that Homer's been gone for two days. <laughs> I always forget this scene is in here, but I mean, uh, Gene and Reese worked on Carson and uh, didn't have a good time. So there's yeah. a lot of Carson bashing until he came in and was the nicest guy ever
0: yes yeah that's what's really funny on the timeline of this is that like i so i double check this so those storyboards which means the script was even before that the storyboards were april it was may when carson announced his retirement so they didn't know to be respectful of Carson yet. I'm just like, Oh, the, the elder statesman of comedy. We all love him. It was right before that. So it's just like, boy, Carson like sucks, right? Like he's <laughs> not funny. It's just this old man doing this old routine. David Letterman's way better. And uh, they, by the time the episode comes out now it's like, Oh, it's, it's respect-a-thon uh, Carson again. But I love the mean spirit. it's like, this isn't funny. Like they'll, they'll have a joke i think a few months after this of bart and lisa seeing again another bad carson joke about uh millie vanilli impersonating a mcnugget or whatever and they say well it's still great to be up yeah it's still fun to be up late
3: I would also I would also appreciate later in the run of the series when they shit all over Garrison Keillor because my parents were big Prairie Home Companion fans and I would often have to listen to that when we were like in a car driving someplace. So when the Simpsons finally finally uh, trained their guns on uh, Mr. Garrison Keillor and his Prairie Home Companion, I was I,
2: I I was thrilled thrilled by that. It's really great to not to hear about him ever again.
0: Yeah yeah you know what he's gone he's well I feel like he I, every now and then I feel like I read he's trying to make some comeback or whatever but yeah at least. At least, at least he's gone out. You know, my my mom really didn't like when they made fun of Garrison Keillor as well. She was like, yeah. Oh, he's funny like they <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, yeah. I think actually, even on the commentary for that episode, Matt Groening's like uh, he disavows it. He's like, "No, I like Garrison Keillor. This is too mean." He's funny, me. but uh, yeah, I, I also love. It's almost like uh, a Heckle and Jekyll kind of exchange. The way Lisa goes, "Like, what do you know? She's right." Like just <laughs> <laughs> like that, Lisa doesn't care that much. I think. And what's that tell you about Homer's subconscious here too? He's like, "Oh, my kids wouldn't even care oh, right. if I was gone for two days." But yes, we then cut to. To the abomination and, and uh, Burns has learned his lesson. Geraldo Rivera, Madonna, and a diseased yak.
1: Mom, what's wrong? It's your father. He's missing. Dad's missing? Get out of here. He's been gone for two <laughs> days. What do you know? She's right. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be this way. <laughs> it was supposed to be a thing of beauty. Not this abomination. <laughs> Oh, Smithers, I was wrong to play God. Life is precious, not a thing to be toyed with. Now take out that brain and flush it down the toilet. Sure, his family (laughs) might appreciate it if you returned the brain to his body. Oh, come on. It's 11.45. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Smithers, when you look at me with those
2: puppy dog eyes, Mm, all right. You know Uh, what? There's continuity because they're watching The Tonight Show, and then it's 11.45.
0: Hey, you're right. Wow. Yeah, there you go.
2: It's weird. They I cared they cared that much <laughs> I just I love the way Burns says it's eleven forty
0: five. Come on, oh, like again, great, great writing there of, of acting like oh I've learned my lesson. Life is precious. Anyway, flush it. Take the brain out and flush it down the toilet. Just uh, throwing out the entire <laughs> lesson he learned from
2: this. Uh, and they're all over Wizard of Oz in this segment. So we have uh, Burns humming "If I Only Had a Brain" while removing the brain, right? And then he's sort of quoting the Wizard of Oz, uh, kind of dissing the Tin Man when he's like uh, ranting at the the Homer robot
0: yes yeah in the wizard's line to the tin man is clinking clanking clattering collection of cal- caliginous junk and burns is his clinking clattering cacophony of caliginous clogs cogs and camshafts see Boy, it takes hard. a voice actor to spit that it's really out hard yeah hey you know like, give me two more takes i bet i can say it. i don't want i don't want to waste will's time I'm trying to get it right but, I, <laughs> but <laughs> I also love homer's just ow 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 <laughs> it's they're like oh see he's alive stitching <laughs> him <laughs> and uh, smithers like oh I, uh, burns is going like, i guess i owe you a coke
2: like <laughs> this is the, the first of two coke bets in yes. a Treehouse of horrors uh, yeah if i come right. back and the family's not slaughtered i owe you a coke i owe you a coke but uh
0: also deleted
2: scene they use a trail of
0: donuts to get the robot to come back into the room which uh you know they don't really need it you can just cut to the it's already out of it but but yes then we come to our big ending which i love every word burn says in this in this lengthy ending too.
1: (laughs) here shattered organs leaking vital fluids slight headache loss of appetite smithers i'm going to die Sir, is there nothing I can do? Well, perhaps. Smithers, go to my office. In the third drawer of my desk are surgical tools and some ether. Did you have a nightmare, homie? No, oh, Bart bit me. Hey, man,
3: you were crushing me. I tried to scream, but my mouth was full of flab.
1: Yeah, you gotta go shake to do off the lily. Perhaps you're wondering why you have two heads. Well, my body was crushed, so I had my head grafted onto your, shall we say, ample frame. <gasps> I didn't wake up. It's all a dream. It's just a dream. Oh, that's right. It's all a dream. Or is it? <laughs> Next week on The Simpsons. Don't forget, Dad. Tonight my class is having an all-you-can-eat spaghetti dinner. Mm. Spaghetti. But Homer, tonight's our reception for Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands. Oh, I hate
3: having two heads. (laughs) That's...
1: So, uh, uh,
2: Will, have you seen the thing with two heads?
3: Wait, uh, no, I haven't. I've seen how to get ahead in advertising, but not the thing with two heads.
2: Thing with two heads, as the poster says, they transplanted a white bigot's head onto a soul brother's body. I have to say, the, <laughs> okay. the premise the premise <laughs> is much more interesting than the movie itself because they put uh, Ray Milan's head on Rosie Greer's body, yes. and that's the premise.
0: What a combo! <laughs> okay.
2: It's it's a ninety minute movie that feels about three hours long because I swear to God, I've talked about this before on the podcast there is a car chase scene in the movie i think it's 17 minutes long oh gee and it's not an interesting car chase so going over hills and things like that it's not <laughs> it's not like a um like bullet or something like that but uh i like it's not worth watching but everyone has this image in their head of the the giant uh, rosie greer with an old white man's head on Jesus. his shoulder
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, this whole sequence is great. Like Burns lightly kicking the robot and then it falling over on top of him so slowly that he can be told like, run, sir. And he's like, eh. (laughs) like just god it's so fucking good and then also what a great bit of overwriting in such a funny way that the scene would work of just like ah and then it ends but burns say, like i bet you're wondering what i'm doing on your head here well i did like my body was crushed so like he has to over explain it to such a degree it's so fucking good
2: and there was a, a different ending in, intended for this. It's in the storyboards. And uh, I don't know what I prefer because I haven't heard the voice acting for the original ending. But in the original ending, there was going to be more of a back and forth argument between Burns and Homer about the changes Homer now needs to make now that Burns's head is on his body. And it would continue under the credits as well.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, that's funny, but I really love how they recast it as next week on The Simpsons. meaning yeah. that.
3: Yeah, it's just like the classic sitcom
0: gag. Be like, oh, but the boss is coming over for dinner. It's just what I would. To explain this with with the implication that from now on the Simpsons will have Homer with a, burns his head on his shoulders. That's every future episode. It's just it's not a dream. This is the the set for setup for the show from now on.
2: And I guess according to Mike Reese, the original original ending for this segment, which I guess was part of the table read script, was a parody of broadcast news. Right. But he said uh, James l Brooks didn't even get it, so we we cut it. So I don't know what that would have been.
0: Uh, you know, I I watched some scenes from broadcast news recently i haven't watched that in a while it seems nice but it's like i feel like sorkin ripped off every moment of it for Mm. the newsroom so i just can't not feel like newsroom related cringe when watching scenes of it of just like yeah it's and i mean it's really just like complaining about the news and how i you know the news needs to be better it needs to not be so like uh, light and silly or whatever and to have a guy as stupid as uh william Hurt playing i mean it's good actors all over the place in it i don't know i should give it i should give it another full watch again maybe i've for being such a simpsons fanatic i've not watched many of james l brooks's directed films same all here that much yeah i i have a real uh, yeah, yeah. space for spanglish no, how
3: do you know? Was the was the Jack Nicholson one as good as it gets? That's it. I was the one that won all the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, it's as good as it gets. Yeah, I, I remember being bored stupid by that movie when I watched it.
0: But but it's about it's about New York literary world. Will, how could you be <laughs> bored by
3: that? <laughs> and I mean, I don't know. I was probably a, I was probably a teenager when that movie came out. God, it was just like yeah, no, I was like it was. I guess it was like you know Jack being rude to people. That was kind of nice, but you know it was just I, that movie did not land for me. Maybe I should watch it again. It was just it, it was like it was a movie. It was, it was like a textbook example of a movie that like adults thought were funny but the, when I watched it I felt like I felt like Bart watching fucking Prairie Home Companion on The Simpsons
2: <laughs> you know we talked about this before but uh, James L. Brooks got like all of his famous friends on the show uh, never Nicholson and I'm sure it's because Nicholson l- always likes to get a bunch of money up front yeah
0: yeah oh yeah oh
3: yeah and oh Nicholson would, would have got a cut of all those bootleg Bart t-shirts if he'd ever done a voice on the show
0: Exa- yeah see that's that is the Joker ruined him like the Joker he got the jokerfiedness for Jack Nicholson was him realizing, like, oh, I can get merch money from all of these. I, I will never settle for not getting merch money ever again. Um, <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, I mean, why would you?
0: They really wanted him. Uh, this was came up in research in another podcast we did, but Disney really wanted him to play Hades and Hercules, which ended up yep. being James Woods. And they thought, like, oh, man, we really got him. Like, he sounds really down for this, him and his kid. He, you know, he was an old dad. He wanted to have kids, uh, a movie his kids could watch. But then in the negotiation, he's like, "Well, and of course, just like with Joker, I'm getting a, a cut of these these toy sales for Hades, right?" And the, that's what... Yeah, it-
3: uh, the mouse is not going to put up with that. They're not going to. They're, they're not going Yeah, they would not. They will not abide that for even a second.
0: No way. No, they. I mean, if they give it to Jack, they got to give it to Danny DeVito. They got to mm. give it to everybody. They're they're not going there. I like the yeah. idea
2: of Jack Nicholson in Kingdom Hearts, though, <laughs> as Hades. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and that we talked. Would be to, amazing. We talked about how great the animation is in this third segment they like it so much internally that uh, a freeze frame of this act is running under the credits
0: yes yeah yeah the tombstone shot yeah it's such such a great i mean gorgeous episode burns is posing like you you did a tweet of it bob just so many just great burn shots in here i think reardon and his team uh steve moore who'd go on to be a director in his own right like he uh was co-storyboarder on this they did just such a such a great job yeah i think yeah the the references in this i think you know this is them really figuring out what tree houses can be and they'll get even more ambitious every year after this but this is such a big level up mm-hmm. from the previous one even and just so wacky like once they free themselves of the setup of like oh this is the characters having a nightmare or telling a story and they can just start from zero with every act of like all right this is just the story right here that frees them up even more so after this
2: yeah this one i, I like it more than the next years even though that one is very good i i think uh four and five are my favorites but i think this one, I won't say it goes overlooked. Maybe the third act does, but it does show you how much they've really improved since even the end of season two. It's just so fast, so mean. Uh, the references are even more obscure and uh, very self-referential too. So I feel like this is them just pushing it into overdrive that will continue throughout season three, and I can't wait to keep doing uh, more season three. It's it's all, all up from here, folks. Uh, will, any final thoughts on this episode?
3: Um, nothing. Like I think, like yeah, like this is uh, this is like the, the the first proof of concept of Trios of Horror as. Like in like like a standard like institution on The Simpsons. Um, I think like you you can see like just like you said like just how much they built on each one of these and like just just how like pushing the limit like every year in in one way creatively in terms of the animation in terms of like the the grossness or the horror of it and just like just uh, just like really like a uh, just a prime example of like The Simpsons at, at its absolute best. So I was really glad I got to do this one and on and on Friday recording this on Friday the thirteenth. You know. So very perfect.
0: Yeah, extra spooky, man. <laughs> now, uh, Will, this was so great having you. We've we've wanted to have you on for so long. It's it's been so awesome to have you on. Thank you so much.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. And we all know about Chapo Trap House. Will, is there anything else you want to promote? Any other podcast appearances? Anything else you're working on right now?
0: Uh, nothing. Just say,
3: same old, same old. Chapo Trap House, same trap channel, same trap time. <laughs>
0: Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Well, you—I mean—at the time of this recording, like, just you've been really helpful in uh, these bleak, bleak times here, and this could work anytime. But, I mean, on the especially your commentary on the Roe v. Wade situation has been very, very good. Same with—you know what? You've turned me. I wasn't an Avatar liker before. I didn't give it. I—you've—you've—you've I <laughs> you've, you've, uh, given me new outlook on
2: on the Avatar film, and I can't stop thinking about ape slurping. Yes. so Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs>
3: <laughs> Gentlemen, thank thank you so much for the kind words, and uh, thank you again for having me on the show. It's, uh, all, it's it is always a joy to talk Simpsons.
2: Thanks again to Will Meneker for being on the podcast. Please check out Chapo Trap House. We love it. But as for us, if you want to check out more of what we do and get all these episodes one week at a time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Sign up for five bucks a month. You get just that, but also access to our vast, vast catalog of miniseries episodes and also regular access to monthly episodes of both Talking Futurama and Talk King of the Hill, our Patreon. Patreon exclusive mini-series about Futurama and King of the Hill. Only behind the $5 paywall, only at patreon.com/slash talking simpsons. And there is a $10 level as well. When you sign up for that, you get all the $5 stuff, of course, but also access to one extremely mega long podcast once a month, only for patrons of that level or higher. And what is that, Henry?
0: Bob is talking about the what? A cartoon movie podcast where we cover an animated feature film. Super duper in depth, just like we do The Simpsons. That often means we go over five or sometimes even six hours long about an animated feature film. Last month, we covered Toy Story 3, uh, the Pixar trilogy closer that then wasn't. Uh, and then we also, uh, this month, if you sign up at that $10 level, you'll get to hear us talk about The Little Mermaid, the 1989 film that started the Disney Renaissance. And there's a huge back catalog. I'm telling you, if you liked all this movie chat, I think you got guys will really enjoy hearing us talking about who framed roger rabbit for six and a half hours yes really six and a half hours we did it and we didn't waste a minute on it either it's uh, honestly that was us keeping it brief with all we have to say about roger rabbit but you can hear all of the back catalog over three years worth of what a cartoon movies i'd say over 250 hours of podcasts at your disposal if you check it all out at patreon.com slash talking simpsons
2: so, as for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. And my other podcast is Retronauts. That is a classic gaming podcast about old video games find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts sign up there for two full length bonus episodes every month and Henry how about you
0: you can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G I'm always tweeting up a storm there about politics and cartoons as well if you're following me and Bob you should really be following the official Twitter account of this podcast which is at Talk Simpsons Pod if you follow at Talk Simpsons Pod you stay in the loop whatever new stuff comes out on the Patreon or on the free feed when we have a poll, when we have other news about our podcast, you stay in the loop of you go to at Talk Simpsons Pod on Twitter. As well, if you want an easy-to-explore back catalog of all of our free podcasts we have done,
2: go to TalkingSimpsonsPodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening, folks. We'll see you again next week for the next episode of our community podcast, Talk to the Audience, and we'll see you then. Just a moment.
3: Don't shoot! Don't
0: shoot! They're souvenirs! You must pay a fine of two American dollars! Okay.